I saw underwear and I, I had to have this. I had to have this. <clears throat> Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yay, we're Woo. back. Woo. Episode 0009 of the <sighs> Ryan Trust. Thank well. you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us once again. My name is Brian. But me too. My oh, name's you're also kidding. Brian. No. <laughs> wow, it's almost like we planned it or something. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be a fun show today. I think um, so. We've got we got a bit to talk about, and then we've got our interview. Yeah, a little later on, and we will we will talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. And so, but first, 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 what's up with you, man? What's what's new with you lately? Oh, what's up with uh? Well, not a whole lot. Uh, okay, you know, nothing. Uh, oh, we're uh, doing a little remodeling, so uh, the place is kind of a mess, but uh, but it's all it's all good. I really couldn't good. tell. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crammed up against our total gym here. You can't. There's fewer. There's fewer boxes of plants in the room there. So that's what. She, the... Somebody moved something. I. Yeah. I was getting used to that. That was nice. <gasps> You're right. Yeah, the boxes is like all the fake plants that were over there are oh, no longer there. So oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing a little bit of remodeling in our home. Uh, cool. It's about time. It's about time. Uh, we're, yes. Uh, we're getting rid of carpeting. And going with some hardwood floors and painting, and you're gonna you're gonna do like a whole Doctor Who theme in the house, and oh, yes, just, just live inside the TARDIS. That's right. <laughs> That'll be That's awesome. Cool. Although although they could put in the console between the couch and the TV, probably not a good idea. Mm-mm. Nope, yeah. no just total obstructed view. <laughs> mm. Like I'm trying to watch Netflix. I, I <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, nothing really else, you know, uh, been catching up on movies and, you know, uh, just living the dream. How was that? Um, never asked that screening you went to with, uh, Hayes, the fraternity yeah, Hayes. documentary. That was really good. Was. Actually yeah. really good. It was an indie film. Okay. Uh, and it was, uh, it was very, very interesting. It was good. Really good. Intense at some parts. And, um. Uh, it was like, uh, I mean, it was, you know, when the movie was over, everyone in the audience was just uh, like in awe and quiet, yeah. like, oh, what did we just see? You know, sort of thing. So this was like a, but this was an actual like fictional movie. Like it wasn't a it documentary. It was fictional. No, it, it wasn't was, a documentary. Yeah, okay. it, it was, it was made to kind of look like a documentary. Yeah. Sort of. It's in that Ripped style. from the headlines kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. But okay. it was not. It was totally fictional with actors and everything. And All right. Uh, and then afterwards, we got to speak with the director, producer, and um, somebody else. And it was great. We got to ask questions, and he was talking about uh, different things that they had actually done with this movie. Um, like they had – it was a Greek – it was based off of a Greek mythology um, story. And so – and then they had overlaid – the uh, fraternity sorority life on top of it, which was really, okay. is actually really cool. Haze. Hmm. Haze, if you're going to look it up, it's Haze 2016. There's another Haze uh, from right. like the yeah. early 2000s, I think. We'll put, a, we'll put a link to IMDb or something in the show yeah. notes. We'll find yeah, it. Yeah, but it so. was really good. It was really good. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. Right on. Yeah. Right on. How are you doing? How's your week going? Oh my God! Just You've a been busy of complaints. No, like <laughs> no, li- complaints. Oh, yeah. no complaints. No uh, complaints. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, first off, I will say this: I finally watched uh, season two of Daredevil. Ooh, um, t- just terrific. Uh, I I don't know. I want to say it's on par with season one. It's hard to say oh. it was better than or worse than. There were some moments that didn't feel as impactful as season one did all the way through. Mm-hmm. It felt season two felt slightly more uneven, but not too much. Not so much that it was like, oh god, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, and the intro of the Punisher and Electra, like that, was all handled really, really well. I loved John Bernthal as the Punisher. Mm. For those of our listeners who know John Bernthal, he was Shane in The Walking Dead mm. for a while. Um, and then he did uh, the other Frank Darabont one, the L.A. Mob. I don't remember what that one. There was like a crime story set in L.A. I can't remember the name of it, though. Uh, it didn't last. That was It lasted one season, though. So, But he's, uh, he's one of those guys. He, I will say this. That was probably close to being what I would consider the definitive Punisher performance. Oh, oh. And it's another origin story, though. So that was the nice part was that he wasn't like he didn't. You never saw him in the full garb. Mm-hmm. Um, they hinted at it, I think, by the end of the season, and it, it seemed like they were, he was making it. But um, yeah, that the idea is he was just doing his thing, and they the media kind of nicknamed him the Punisher. Oh, yeah. And then Electra, as covered in season one, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched season one and. I'm not going to sound the spoiler horn for that, but um, Electra was Matt's girlfriend when he was in college with Foggy, like when they met at Columbia. Hmm. She was his girlfriend for a while, but she was not exactly a good influence on him to the point where he almost got expelled oh, oh. <laughs> uh, because he was missing class and and hmm. they, she was not a good influence on him. And But there's some things that happen and his his old mentor Stick makes a return for a while. Hmm. There's a little, there's some crossover with Jessica Jones. Oh, not, not the character Jessica Jones, but with another character from that show. Um, so there's some, there's some crossover teasing of things to come as you can tell that the, they're slowly, I liked it because they're slowly building into hinting at these other things to build up towards them all coming together for the defenders, which is their eventual goal. I see. With Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist, which is another series they're working on now. Um, they haven't said if the Punisher is actually going to get his own series, but I don't know. Hmm. Season two, Daredevil is really a lot more about, I want to say, is a lot more about relationships. Oh, But that's good. No, yeah. it worked no, no, really no, well because like, it fleshed oh, out. Nice. They nice. gave Foggy and Karen a lot to do this season on their own. Like they have a whole bunch of stuff on their own. and It's not all relying on Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. First up, which is great. I mean, it was really good because they got to kind of stretch their legs as actors a little bit and really get out there a lot. In fact, I think, yeah, I won't spoil any more than that. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to say because it's it's so good to watch. And some of the some of the crap that happens later in the seasons, like holy, what? Yeah, there's kind of there's like a three. It's it's essentially if you think about the season, it, it there's like three mini arcs within the season. Mm that fit the whole thing. Like the first section is about the Punisher. The second part's about Electra. Mm. And then the third part, I'm not going to tell you. So mm-hmm. well, good, <laughs> but it, it, it starts to combine, like it weaves all the storylines kind of together, but it's really solid and nice. Um, there were some moments where it's like, 
you know, you just get you totally taken by surprise. And, um, you know, it was, yeah, it was really good. And some appearances were made. It's like, oh, my God, you know, stuff that happens like I didn't see coming. But it's really and the there's a there's a fight scene. It's in episode three that rivals the hallway fight from season one, episode two. Have you seen Daredevil yet? I don't know. Uh, No, I have not. Oh my god! You, I'm spoiling everything. No, there's they talk Ruined about this. It. Well, it's actually Ruined. on YouTube. If you, oh, no. there's in in episode two of season one, there is the last fight of the episode is one long take down this hallway, and the oh. fight is the fight choreography is amazing because it's really all up close and brutal. And is it like the chicken fight uh, with Peter Griffin <laughs> in Family Guy? You know what I'm talking about. From the earlier seasons where you no, just the season big- two the season two fight I was just talking about is a little bit more like that. Yeah. Actually. Where they're just um, beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> yeah, but it's more obviously it's more serious than that. But right, yeah, of course. The, the, that's kind of the idea. That's that especially the season two. Hmm. Yeah, season two, episode three, like the end of the toward the end of the episode. And they they deliberately did it that way. Like it was oh, more it was supposed to be like an homage to that fight scene from the first season. Nice. Only more so because it's uh, even bigger uh, fight. And it was just like, yeah, that's awesome. And hmm. I will say this, man, you know, Matt Murdock, hey, props to him, he can take a punch. <laughs> that guy gets so if you watch season one, he gets the crap kicked out of him so hard, so wow. many times. It's amazing that he can get back mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I absolutely recommend Dare. It's very bingeable. Good. Um, but even you can even kind of slow binge it and do like an episode or two a day. Sure. Like a couple episodes a day. It's not like a, it's not like when I watch the West Wing, I'm just like immediately just go to the next thing. Just go, go, right. go, you know. Um, Wait, West Wing watch, or House of Cards? What are you talking about? Either one, actually, oh. frankly. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, the West Wing is on Netflix, too. Of course. I not see. new, I but uh, the the old seven. But it's still uh, really watchable it. even 15 years later. It's like, oh. Yes. I'm like, West Wing? Um, Who's watching that still? That's good. Oh, well, no, we'll talk good. about that later, actually. I'm going to oh. that a little bit. So. Um, but other than that, yeah, I've got um, – yes, uh, I did I did stick to my goal. And, and? my other – my second podcast is now live, <gasps> uh, The Randomist Podcast. Hello. Um, good. If you, Shameless plug. If you want to subscribe, you can go to randomst.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have an iTunes feed yet. i got to get a couple more episodes in the can before I – Submit it to iTunes, I think. Hey, baby steps, man. Yeah. Well, I, and I got to actually set up something resembling an RSS feed to give to iTunes. Right. So, <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, yeah, no. So basically, for those of, you know, as we mentioned in previous episodes, uh, what we're doing is we're watching random episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I watch it with a fellow guest slash test subject. Uh, so we watch the episode at various times. Then we get together and talk about the episode. So we did our, our first episode is live with my friend, Joel um, Cranson, not Hodgson, maybe someday, but uh, my friend, Joel Cranson, who's a huge MST fan. Um, in fact, he's doing, he's, he's moderating. He's, he and his friends are doing a, a, a mystery science theater panel at Phoenix comic-con this year. Ooh. Uh, so that'll be, I'm a good excuse for me to go to Phoenix comic con now. Like, Are oh, you going to go so close? Stuff. Well, yeah, it's right down. It's right off the light route. So hop, <gasps> skip and a jump away. So I'll probably go. Yeah. Do it. Go do it. Um, I need to buy my passes while I'm thinking of this. Some, some point while I'm thinking about it. not this weekend, but <laughs> I, I will do it. I, yeah. Cause it's not, it's the first weekend in June. So I got time. Ooh. Um, and it's, it's grown huge. I actually went when it was over here at the Mesa convention center, 
mm-hmm. back like seven or eight years ago before I moved to LA and it was tiny then, mm-hmm. but like people were showing up there like Will Wheaton and Walter Koenig and like they were actually getting celebrities mm. to the convention and stuff. And it's just ballooned out of control. Now I think Joel was telling me they had like 80,000 people a day last year. Oh, wow. Uh, roundabouts uh, over the course of the weekend. Yeah. It's basically, yeah. it's become one of the largest, uh, one of the larger cons, uh, in the U S yeah. Good. So wow. yeah, no, that's terrific. And they've got, they've got a whole slew of guys. Don't have it up in front of me. They got a whole slew of guests for that. Um, but Phoenix comic-con.com. I'll put a link in the show notes for people who want to check it out in case they feel like traveling to a con and can't, get into we're not able to get into san diego when tickets went on sale for like five seconds last october remember that yeah uh yeah. <laughs> someday but yeah no so i got that started that will that will be releasing bi-weekly alternating with this show yay um to make it easier on me <laughs> well we'll have stuff to recorded check it and out. edited and yeah. yes please check it out it's going to be a lot of fun there's no restriction to the to the guests I have on the show. So if anybody out there is a fan of Mystery Science Theater or want to become one and and try and see what it's about, by all means, you know, uh, follow up on the website and stuff. Get in touch with me and we'll get it going. We'll have a Facebook page soon as well, too. Uh, Hooray. I haven't quite gotten around to finishing that. Wait, no. I think I do have one. Yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember the URL right now. But I'll put all things. That will together. also be in the show notes as well. I just I've forgotten it. Off the top That's, of my head. Well, we'll put it uh, in there. Yeah. And and Twitter, of course. Uh, of all, course. all that fun stuff. So we've wow. already I've already cross cross followed this show and that show and myself and things like wow. that on Twitter so that we can have some connection going there and stuff. But yeah, no, so that was those were going good. You know, uh, I started I went to the dentist, so oh yeah. That's that's begun this long odyssey towards um Something resembling the ruins of the the Colosseum in Rome. Wow, uh, <laughs> so harsh, too harsh well, on yourself. Well, you know, it's a lifetime of bad choices. Kids, brush mm. and floss, especially floss. Oh yes, use those little dental pick brushes if you if you don't like using floss or dental tape, as I think you had referred to me. Yes, a, a I few prefer weeks ago. dental tape. I like dental tape. And that's fine, but not everybody can do that. So I, I, I can't. I have trouble jamming my big fingers in my in my in my not as big mouth mm. to get around that stuff. So it's mm. it's always been hard for me to floss. So I think that's a large reason why part of why I didn't do it. I see. But yeah, I'm you know paying the price, but that's okay. It's a long road back, and mm. that's what it is. So <laughs> I've uh, I actually watched a couple of YouTube videos on how to floss properly, and um, it's you know it's not that hard. Yeah, I, you could do it with big fingers. There's a method. There's a method. I just, and, yeah, and I just uh, never really, yeah. I, it's a I habit, ne- too. I've never really you had a lot of make it a habit. Yeah. You get into a routine of it. That's the thing. There's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that. That's the thing. One thing yeah. at a time. One thing at a time. I know. So. I know. Uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, let me think. What else? Yeah. Well, you're getting it yeah. taken care of yes. tomorrow. That is true. And, yes. Oh, and... This is this is only sort of related to me, which is what um, while we were after we were recording the interview last week, of course, uh, Star Wars: A Force Awakened released <gasps> uh, dropped on Blu-ray, and I got it. Oh, yes. I got it late night on the thirty first of March when it dropped in iTunes mm. on the East Coast. I immediately downloaded it to my phone and was watching it all the next day at work. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, How many oh. times have you seen it since it's been on your phone? Just once so far. Because um, mm-hmm. I had other mm-hmm. stuff I was trying to get done. Work, so what work's, are we been, at work's been a little six? crazy. So are we at six times now? How no, many times still, have you seen the movie? Only, only five in total. You've only seen it five times? Yes. I will watch it more probably soon. <laughs> Maybe I'll just, I may just take one week and just put it on a loop. You should. In my house. Like, uh, we'll make a playlist. It's just that movie over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've been watching other stuff, though, obviously. I was watching Daredevil. I started watching The West Wing again. Oh, yeah. But I'll talk about why later. That's for the that's for the second half of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so we just got through but, the third season right of house of cards this is the third or fourth season third season third uh no well this season was the fourth season okay all right fourth oh. so we're done with the fourth we whatever the f- i had lost track of the most current there. season the most current season we were done with we just finished okay. we, we totally binge watched it you know we binge watched it we were uh i think we were watching like four or five episodes a night okay it's one of those we didn't we didn't uh do the weekend marathon that we usually do we did uh, a few episodes a night, and we caught up, and wow, that show. Did, they, did the so you watched this season? Did the shooting happen? What shooting? There was of the president. I'm trying not about? to spoil it for people who haven't seen the House of. I'm trying who to shot? think this in a certain in a, in a particular. Well, there's that one big event that happens. Yes. I, yeah. Okay. Good. I just want to make sure you're actually watching the right season. So it <laughs> happened. Okay. Sure did. All right, as vague as I could make it without spoiling things. Well, we'll edit that. People out. <laughs> watch House of Cards for the love of God. Just go watch it. Just go watch it. It's I yeah, and I maybe I don't know if you were like me if you saw season three where it felt like it was getting really soapy, mm. like soap opera ish and way over the top and yeah. Uh, I we, like it, season four. It felt like they really pulled back from that. Well, season three wasn't very focused. memorable. Like, that, we were and that's the to, thing. It was well. Yeah. It felt like we it was kind of think, in like, a weird holding off? pattern. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's here's the here's part of the problem. I think is with with because they're basically they based it off of the the original British House of Cards trilogy, which I think may also be on Netflix. I'm not 100 percent sure at this point. If I can I'll find it, I'll out. I'll put links in the show notes. It's amazing. Is it like the original trilogy? It was like a trilogy of movies, basically. Oh, and they are holy crap amazing like Good. it was i i didn't realize i could learn so much about parliament from from that but it was a it was an education and that underwood is he's uh or no his name's not under it's francis urquhart urquhart you know he's british so of course. um Quite but he's he's basically he's like the majority he's he's essentially the chief whip uh, same same kind of position yep and he gets promised uh, a promotion to the mm. cabinet. He wants to be the foreign minister mm. and gets passed over. Um, mm. And so he begins all of his machinations to come to power as prime minister of England. And I see. And there's, um, yeah, no, it's amazing. Like, it's really, really awesome. And you can yeah. see when you watch it, I, I, I had seen it before the Netflix version had come out. And so when I watch, especially season one of House of the U.S. House of Cards, there's yeah. a lot of parallels. Yeah, um, it does. I mean, there's some things, are, but some of the characters are similarly named, and like they yeah. have similar positions and things. Obviously, the functionality is different because there's, our systems of government are slightly different, right? But the the machinations that go on, the general plot is very reasonably similar. It's it's in season two they kind of that the U.S. version kind of goes off on its own. 
right. a little bit kind of like the office remember the uh yeah the office yeah basically it was sort of like that like the office uh the first season of the <laughs> office the british version and the american version yeah. are very similar it's and like the office two, but it's like it's like the office but with more bureaucracy and murder dun 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 <laughs> sorry i don't have dramatic chipmunk on my soundboard <laughs> yeah dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, yeah. So House of Cards that I, I I did watch for, but I binged it pretty much as soon as it was released. So of course, last month. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. okay, because I, I wanted, I was waiting for Daredevil. Yeah, it's good stuff. But I, I would say this: I would say if you actually make it over to London in your lifetime, go to Parliament. You can actually go and see sessions of Parliament. Uh, I I have been to London twice. Have you? I did, but both. I mean, I was under 21 at the time. We were. I was there as part of a group. I see. And we just, we didn't get, we didn't have the time to oh, go was, do that. I, would, I totally would have nerded out on that. Oh, I did it, was, that. it was totally cool. It I did really the, cool. there was a, there's a group called the Close Up Foundation here in, mm. in, in the States. And I went to DC for a week on um, my senior year mm. and did tours around DC. And we got to go, um, go into, this was back when the Capitol was much more accessible to the public. I see. Obviously not now, but <laughs> back in the days of in the days before the internet, mm-hmm. um, but where you could actually wander like the Rayburn office building and meet your meet your meet your elected representatives and wow. do all that stuff. Yeah, we actually sat in on there was a committee hearing and, that Joe Biden Ooh. was chairing, the vice president, the now vice president. Oh, um, and so that was that was really cool to watch. Uh, yeah. So. Cool. I've always had great respect for Biden over the years, just from that one meeting. I'm like, that's so awesome. Yeah, um, and you got to see, you know, they did, they had viewing groups where the floor on the floor of the house and stuff, but it's, there's like a gallery and they kind of rotate people in every, yeah. at the time they rotated people in every like five or 10 minutes. Oh, the parliament was like 30 minutes. I think you got a maximum of 30 yeah, minutes yeah. to watch. It was, well, they had a lot of people, you know, it's, it's that time of year. It's spring. A lot of people are coming, a lot of, especially a lot of school groups are coming through and right. things like that. So they, they, they did a lot of that. And, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't get to meet Joe Biden. That would have been really cool. Hmm. Um, but we met because we were from Arizona. We were going to meet our own representative. I met one of our senators cool. at the time. It was Dennis D. Cancini. I see. He was the senior senator from Arizona. John McCain couldn't make it. Um, but that, he was on the floor, on the floor of the Senate arguing against, I think it was a tax bill. Mm. It was a tax increase for something. I'm not sure exactly what that was that day. Sure. Uh, so I was like, okay, you know, I totally got that. So, and, and Senator DeConcini was nice and, um, yeah. you know, very pleasant, very pleasant fellow. And I think we met John Kyle, who later became the sen- a Senator. He was our, he was our congressman. He later became a Senator and I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, he was replaced by Jeff Flake. I see. Uh, in the Senate when I guess he decided not to run again. So, so. no, DC man. was really cool though. It was, that was, that was a lot of fun to kind of just be able to do that. And it, you know, it's one of those, Oh, I wish for simpler times Yeah, before all the terrorism yeah. And and the overreaction to the terrorism. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, because now, like at the Capitol, they built this like visitor center, and that's pretty much where everybody's funneled to. Like nobody, almost nobody, actually gets into the halls of Congress anymore. Right. And it's kind of that continued isolation, I think, between the people and their elected representatives. And I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So. 
That's uh, okay. That's the end of my soapbox on that. So <laughs> we live in a different world, man. We we do live in a very different world, in a more complex mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. place and mm-hmm. hairline. No, I don't know. I don't hairline. know what that is. I I don't know. I'm I'm tired, dude. Whatever. <laughs> my feet my feet hurt and I'm tired. Wow. I've, been, I've been walking on my brain all day. Um, <laughs> okay. But mm. uh, yeah, so okay. Now that we've gone completely off the rails, shall we get to <laughs> shall we get to the news? I think we should. Okay. Brian's in the news. Shall you go first with the news, or do you want me to go first? Or uh, I, I, you know what? Uh, I yield the floor to you, sir. Okay. All right. Um, in sports, yeah. Uh, this comes from Yahoo Sports. What? Yahoo! Nice. Oh, that that was great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched way too many of those commercials over the years. Um, okay, so. The Philadelphia 76ers from my my home, my original home team. I see. From the basketball, if I ever actually bothered to watch basketball. Uh-huh. Um, it has, there's rumors that there will be a new general manager of the 76ers, and his name is Brian Colangelo. Wow. Now, this has importance here in Phoenix for those listeners who might actually be local, because Brian Colangelo is a former... Um, a former manager uh, with the Phoenix Suns, oh. which were owned by his father, Jerry Colangelo, oh. who also owned the Diamondbacks wow. and the Rattlers. And wow. he basically owned almost every major sports franchise in Phoenix. No kidding. Uh, he doesn't anymore, but he is actually the current. He basically runs. I don't know if he owns them, but he runs the he's the chairman of the Philadelphia 76ers. Ah. So there's some controversy in Philly. Over this, what seems like nepotism. Mm. But apparently, from what I understand, Brian Colangelo actually was trying to get uh, the general manager position with the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. Because he was reluctant to work under his dad again. <laughs> uh-huh. Not, not in a bad way. I think it's just a perception I see. of it. But he worked. He basically worked for, for the Phoenix Suns for the longest time. And then after, after his dad sold the team... He moved. He ended up uh, moving to be the GM of Toronto. Ah, so he was up there for a few years as well. So he, you know, he's um, he's getting around. He, he knows his, ex- but he's got the experience, and that's the yeah. thing. And, yeah. And his dad, Jerry Colangelo. For those who, to give you a quick rundown on his resume, yes, he owned. He used to own the Phoenix Suns. He owned the Phoenix Mercury. Hmm. He owned the Arizona Sand Sharks, which is our soccer team. Oh. Uh, the Rattlers, which is the arena football team. They're like multiple time world champion arena football team kind of stuff. And he was the guy who basically got us the Diamondbacks. He was the he was the guy who basically helped secure oh, us the expansion team. Yeah. And pour all the money in to get us a World Series title in two thousand one. Wow. So yeah, it was and then he and then a couple of years later he sold it off. So it was like, okay, bye. He was he was the head of USA basketball. Oh. For a long time, so like he basically the the team went at the time the team went to the Beijing Olympics, things like that. So he was the director of that. He's currently the chairman of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Wow. So yeah, it's he's I mean he does I you know I mean he's he's got a good reputation in Phoenix too. He's done a lot with Grand Canyon University uh, as well, which is a private uh, private school here, Christian based. 
oh. uh, private college, and that's fine. You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong. I, I know people who went to GCU and stuff, but they started they started a school of uh, sports business mm. there, and they named it after him, obviously, because he helped start the school. Nice. So, <laughs> eh, you know, but um, yeah, so he's done he's done a lot of stuff over the years and that kind of thing, and so yeah, good on him and good on Brian if he gets the job. You know, don't worry. No shame in working for your dad. No, not at all. You've, you've got the pedigree. You obviously know what you're doing because your time in Toronto was really, you've been, he's been the NBA executive of the year like twice. Mm-hmm. So he knows, he knows his stuff. So, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. So bravo to him. Bravo. All right. What do you got? Uh, well, I have uh, from the News Gazette. Uh yeah, where is the out. where is the news gazette? Uh, I don't know. Um Urbana? Where the heck is this? Illinois. Is it? Yeah, Champaign Urbana? Is it Champaign? Yeah, well, yeah the University of Illinois somewhere? and Champaign. Uh, not that I know of. I don't know. Let's see. Okay, anyway. Uh so uh, I have a teacher of the week here. Yay! Uh, yes. His name is Brian McAndrew. Cool. What does he teach? Uh, I'm glad you asked. He uh, he is a uh, let's see, he is a career and technical educator teacher at, at Urbana High School, who specializes in teaching students about business and financial literacy. That's okay. pretty cool. Uh, and uh, this comes to us. From let's see, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see here. Uh, yep. Just skimming, skimming, skimming. Okay, uh, it says, uh, uh, and this I'm quoting this from the from the actual uh, website here. Uh, many of my students, and this is uh, Brian talking. Many of my students do not have the knowledge of or trust in our financial systems. I feel it's important that all students learn the significance of personal financial management, so our students can be economically independent. He said. Uh, which is a big cool. part of what helps students make well-informed decisions. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right on. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. I remember there was when I was in high school. There was like a personal finance class available, but it was like an elective, hmm. and it wasn't necessarily offered every semester. Uh, it was mostly just learning how to. From what I know from people, is the basic learning how to balance your checkbook. I never, yeah. I never got to take the class because I, I had a bunch of other stuff I was tied up in. Mm. But uh, in retrospect, I kind of wish I had. Yeah. Uh, so I, this uh, is, uh, I mean, I managed to learn to write a check when I was in high school, but it was so rare. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he says the best part of teaching is having a positive impact on students' lives. For example, in the personal finance course, I emphasize financial literacy to students. In that course, I help students to become lifelong learners in financial planning, budgeting, and to become informed consumers. Now, the most difficult part of teaching is to promote uniform structure and discipline in the classroom. Many of our students' backgrounds require support in this area to prepare them for the real world. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Teacher of the Week, Brian McAndrew from Urbana High School. Hooray. Hooray. All right. Well, then my next story here, we've got, uh, this is actually just fresh from a couple of days ago. What? That's hot. hot out of the Columbia Daily Tribune in Columbia, Missouri. Woo. 
Columbia has a new mayor. You gentlemen, don't say. yes. Ironically, conveniently, his name is Brian. What? Brian Brian Treese is the new mayor elect of Columbia, Missouri, apparently. Um so he is the first new mayor in six years. Uh, the previous mayor had one re-election in 2013. So I guess they, they have like a three-year term mm-hmm. for mayor. He was a lobbyist previously. I guess he, yeah, so he defeated this guy who was an attorney. Therese is a lobbyist who works, typically typically had worked in Jefferson City, I assume not far from Columbia. Hmm. Um, but he's been a member of the Downtown Columbia Leadership Council. He's on the city's Historic Preservation Commission. Uh, things like that. So hopefully they can deal with a lot of the things that are facing the city, especially like ailing infrastructure, which is something that's, I think, a problem for a lot of cities Mm -hmm. these Mm -hmm. days is trying to come up with the money to fix things and make sure buildings aren't going to fall over and whatnot. So good on him. Yeah. 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 That's good. I I will say this. I will say this. One, One last interesting note to parallel... So they, so they, um, Treese and his opponent, apparently about two weeks before the election had each raised nearly $70,000, mm. setting a local record for the most money raised in a mayoral race. Wow. So if you think about the, you know, probably estimated one and a half to 2 billion that's going to be spent in the presidential race this year, mm-hmm. the overall over the course of the campaign. Yeah. Money's just polluting everything, isn't it? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But get get out of here, soapbox. Get out of here. <laughs> sorry. It, it creeps up under my feet and I just can't help myself sometimes. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so Brian Treese, mayor elect of Columbia, Missouri. So, Wonderful. Right on. I have one last one. Okay. From Huff Post Business. Huff Post Business. Yes. Headline. <laughs> sorry. Brian Berger. The Apple of Underwear. How about that? This okay. is what I, I, I saw underwear, and I, I had to have this. I had to have this. Uh, but this is, this is actually pretty cool. Uh, uh, and this is, um, uh, this is an article about uh, Brian Berger and, uh, and how he jumped from Silicon Valley into the underwear world. Uh, oh, by the way, can you keep yes. this story brief? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll keep it short. Um, so this article is, uh, is about Brian Berger, founder and CEO, Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon? I guess it's the name of the company? Mac Weldon. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mac Weldon is the name of the company. Okay. Yeah. No, I've heard. I've heard that. I've heard that name floated around a, a couple of times. I've, yeah. I've heard. I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. They're basically like. Um, oh, here we Warby go. Parker. Some of these like, basically hipster. They're trying to disrupt the industry by making everything online. Right. So, like with glasses or mattresses with Casper. Please sponsor right. us, Casper. Uh, this. Uh, <laughs> this. This is underwear. Undershirts, t-shirts, socks, sweats, packs, silver, merino. I don't know. What, uh, but anyway, so it's a really good article. Uh, they ask him a bunch of questions. You know, like, uh, well, you were in Silicon Valley before you jumped into this underwear world. Was there an aha moment? Uh, and the answer is, you know, obviously I had a strong inclination and passion, and passion for the internet as a marketing and distribution channel. But 
how I came to found Mac Weldon was through your typical frustrated customer experience. How about that? Yeah, that's um, pretty. That's pretty much most of these guys seem to. That's yeah. coming out like all of these guys, especially all of these companies, are all being born out of these guys from Silicon Valley. Yeah, who basically made a crap ton of money, can't figure out how to spend it, mm-hmm. and then be like, okay, what problem can I solve? Hey, yeah, <laughs> glasses uh, or yeah. razors or. Right. Yeah. So Warby Parker or Harry's or Casper or Mac Weldon. And by the way, if any of those companies want to sponsor us, we're available to talk. Yes, we so. are. <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right on for him. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Good for, good for this guy. Right on. Brian, uh, but the, Brian but the article, Bur- Burger? Was mm-hmm. it Brian Burger? Okay. Yeah. Brian Burger. The, CEO, the CEO of Mac Weldon, the Apple of underwear. The Apple of Underwear. What makes it the Apple of Underwear? Did they say specifically? Hmm. Maybe I'm curious their, about that. Is it just maybe the, it's their uh, core uh, values? Su- it's super hot. <laughs> mm. uh, Probably super. Uh, basically, paying a premium for stuff that anybody can get for you know fifty cents at any store, <laughs> right. any major retailer. Right. Paying for a paying for a quality product. Oh my god! What a novel concept. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, but good for him. The right Apple on. of Underwear. There you go. Brian Berger featured in uh, the, the series, the HuffPo Business series of fantastic shapers or whatever it was. The Paradigm called. Shifters. Thank you. That's there you it. go. Paradigm <laughs> Shifters. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's it for Brian's in the News. Yay. So, Yay. All good stuff. No more obituaries for a no. while. That's Just good. A downer, those obituaries. I know, man. And Merle Haggard died. And, oh. Oh, that was yesterday, I think. Yeah. Um, oh. Country country legend. Mm-hmm. I never listened to a lot of his stuff, but I, I knew some of his work, and mm. that's unfortunate. But yeah. anyway, uh, so we should probably roll into our interview. Yes. Um, this is for a change of pace. This is uh, this is a gentleman that is one of Brian's old friends. Yeah, one of my uh, oldest friends. Yes, conveniently uh, also named Brian. You know, yeah, in keeping with the theme of the show. Yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce? Yeah, the interview? we well we go back to shoot nineteen ninety. Ooh, and uh, he was a fr- he still is. Uh, he started out as a friend of uh, my wife's. And then, of course, became friend of the family, and we've just kept in touch. And, and Brian's one of these guys where you know uh, you're thankful that he's your pal. You know, he's just he is uh, just a real stand up guy, and and we love him. And it was really cool uh, to talk to him in yeah. this format. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was. Uh, we'll say Brian. This is Brian Morris. If you couldn't yes. tell from the title of the show, Brian Morris. Um, but yes, and we got into. It's interesting because we got into his work. His for some of us, it's a little different. He, I don't remember what his exact title. He, he's a claims examiner now. I think is what yes his title is. But he basically works in insurance uh, and like claims adjusting yes. the back end of it. He used to be a claims adjuster. Like right. the guys who come out into the field and take pictures of the damage of your car, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. So yeah. he got some, but we got some great, he was kind enough to share some really, really awesome stories of that. Mm-hmm. And some of his earlier days as a, as a retail loss prevention, essentially yes. security guard. Yeah. Um, and some really nice, funny stories out of that too. So yeah. I think it was, um, and we got to talk to him about being essentially his own boss. He's working. Yeah. I mean, he works for a company. But he works independently from home. 
And so right. it was nice to talk to him to get a sense of what it's like for somebody just working a regular job from home that's not like, you know, artisanal furniture crafting or something. He's <laughs> just, he's got right. a normal job. It's like, what is that like to work from home and yeah. plan your Set day? Your and how do you, yeah. Things. And how do you meet those? I, I assume he's got, you know, goals and like expectations for work and things that he has to meet. And so it was a really neat discussion about that for sure. Yeah. Uh, so in fact, why don't we get out of the way and let him tell it? And so here is our interview with Brian Morris and we'll catch you on the other side. Yeah. This is the part where we talk to other people. This is the interview. Yeah. Well, we are in for a treat today. We are. We my, yes. We have my very good friend, Brian Morris. We do. On the line. We sure yes. do. We do. We do. Indeed. We do. Brian Morris, yes, we welcome do. to the Brian Trust. Well, hi there. Hey there. Right. Hi, hey there. Well, hi there. Welcome. We should say welcome back because the first attempt. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. What am I saying? No, 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 no. Ixnay, Ixnay. Yeah, we want people to know about the lost episode. Right, the lost episode. <laughs> there was like five of them already. It's a collector's item. No, there weren't. Everything's gone exactly according to plan. We should be on episode 13 right now, but... <laughs> This is actually episode 85, but we had a lot, right. we had a huge learning curve. That's right. <laughs> we sure did. Well, Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you. Nice to nice to have you here, finally. Nice to be here. For those of us out there who don't know you, yeah. uh, <laughs> I only know you peripherally from a brief conversation <laughs> that happened just by random chance months and months ago. That's right. But um, tell the kind folks out there what who you are and yeah. what you do. Who are you? Who I am? I am a, oh, let's see. I'm a 47-year-old married father of three who's been working insurance claims for 20 years now. Wow. And we go way back. I met you in 1989. Is that right? Yes. Your your wife and I have been friends since uh, about 80, about 88. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think we've we've talked about in the past about how uh, she uh, called me up and asked me if uh, if she th- if I thought that uh, she should go out with you, yeah, and right. um, and I said yeah sure, <laughs> and I guess it's kind of worked out. Um, I would say for the most part. yeah that was yeah because what was it? <laughs> You've been married what about twenty five twenty six years right? Twenty six years this year <laughs> September. There you imagine? go. So I guess I guess it's worked out okay. So thank you. I, I it, it's all because of you. Yeah, it's I certainly not all because it. of me. Well, no, it was. <laughs> I, I, if I remember right, you were the. Uh, I don't want to say the aggressor. That that's probably not appropriate. Um, <laughs> no, no. See, technology was on my side back then, so we didn't have cell phones. And so when when Jen wanted to cancel our first date. She couldn't get a hold of me because I was already in route. You see, <laughs> and so in when I showed up at her door, before the internet. <laughs> That's right. See, kids, back in the days before the internet, there were these things called phones that were in actual people's houses. You couldn't right. carry them with you everywhere. Nope. And okay, I'm done. <laughs> well, and you had to turn the dial. You had the rotary. Remember the rotary phones? Well, by then, by this time, though, there were push button phones. There wasn't as much of the rotary dialing. It still existed, but it, that was actually true. more of a novelty at that point. But this uh, is true. 
And some yeah. of them actually didn't have cords, but you couldn't take them across town or they wouldn't work. Nope. Yes, they were. You could barely go into the next less. room. That's right. Yeah, yeah, depending on yeah, depending on the model you got, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's true. Cell yeah. phones were as big as your car back then. Yeah. True story. Well, I, uh, you know what's fun <laughs> is if you watch the movie Lethal Weapon, you can see what a cell phone looked like back then. Yeah. There was a big old thing that the guy had to have a shoulder the strap bag. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much like video, much like video cameras, it needed a whole bag to power and record anything. Right, <laughs> and you put real tapes in there. Remember, you put the real VHS tape in the thing, yep. and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, lock no and kidding. load that thing. Man, we've come a long way. We have, <laughs> not, maybe not for the better, but you know. <laughs> no. Anyway, so that's all. The, so that's how. That's my now. That's, what, that's why porn. I was aggressive yeah. is because you couldn't cancel. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Aggressive isn't right, but um, I you was initiated smart. it. And, <laughs> I left um, before she could call the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Years. So all right. So Brian. So you said you work insurance claims. Now, do you do that as an adjuster or as a what would be your, like your job title, so to speak? Well, my job title right now is uh, claim examiner. I work from home, mm, okay, and I desk I desk adjust. I, I hire the field adjusters to go out and do the field work. Nice. Um, okay. In in the past, I've done the field work myself, but uh, at at this point in my life and my career, I don't want to be climbing up on any roofs anymore. So no, that seems is, fair. This is a good spot for me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good spot. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. The young kids probably. <laughs> But then, yeah. Send the twenty-year-olds who have good health insurance out there. Yeah, that's right. Get up there, boy. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Right on. Now, so you've done that. Now I know um, from our prior conversations that will go unspoken of again. Uh, like I imagine. I mean, even at the time, I know you've. So you don't. You don't travel as much now as you used to. I'm assuming. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't do any traveling anymore. Um, I work from home. I haven't traveled in two plus years. Nice. Um, okay. So yeah, it's, it's it's really a nice thing. I mean, it works really well with uh, with my lifestyle. I'm available mm-hmm. for all of my kids' activities. Um, nice. it, it, it really does. It works very well. Um, but uh, yeah. the, you know, the the first 18 years of my career, I was certainly traveling all over the country. Um, yeah. And some positions at, at just the drop of a hat, I'd, I'd go into work in the morning and I'd be in Detroit in the afternoon. I'd, I'd be in Houston for two weeks at, at you know, I'd, I'd have enough time to go home and pack a bag. And then yeah. I'd be off to, to Houston for two oh, weeks for, for cat rough. duty. So that's yeah, it, 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 it's, it's hard in the family for sure. Family, you know. Yeah, of course. But Brian hasn't always been an adjuster. Really? No. He's had no. he's he's worn a lot of different hats over the time that I've known him. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Um prior to um getting into insurance claims, I was working retail loss prevention. Yeah. So okay. I was catching I was catching shoplifters uh, yeah. on a daily basis and in some places catching a lot of shoplifters on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um and you could and you learned how to spot these people. It, it was amazing like before they even did the thing. It like was you knew. It, it was amazing. It was it yeah. was the funniest thing because when I started, um, I met uh, you know I, I met some coworkers and and it, w- it was the funniest thing. It was you know I couldn't see anything. I'd walk around the store 
with a with a light jacket on and pretend to be a shopper and I didn't see anything and then you know and everybody told me they said oh you know at one point it'll be like flipping a switch and that's exactly what happened I'll I'll never forget it um, I was working at a uh, local uh, retailer that uh, discount retailer that's that's no longer in business um, and they had senior citizen senior citizens day on a Wednesday. Uh, every Wednesday, they would have you know a, a, a program where seniors would get a, uh, an extra discount. So they would come literally by the busload. And on this particular Wednesday, I might have been working at this store for a couple of weeks, and um, the bus driver of the senior citizens bus pocketed a bottle of Aqua Velva. Um, Aqua it was, of all things. It, it was it was it was it was hysterical. Um, and it and from that moment on, it was it was literally it was like somebody flipped a switch. I couldn't go shopping on my own time. I couldn't go to the grocery store at lunch to grab oh. a sandwich without seeing people stealing. It was oh it was amazing. It it really was. And um in the you know, I, I haven't done it in twenty years now, but it's gotten better in the in the twenty years. I don't see people stealing all the time, the way I used to do it, uh, you know, I'd just go grocery shopping, like I said. Um, yeah. I don't see it all the time. I actually saw it um, during Christmas. We uh, we were out at uh, Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg, Illinois, uh-huh. and um, yeah. we were in a store. I think it was called, um, God, it's, it's the store with the, probably shouldn't say the store name, but no. it's a store with all the kind of the TV, you know, it's kind of a music store, but it's got all like the TV um, um, t-shirts and stuff like that. It's kind of a, right. Yep. Um, might be initials, you know, it might be vowel, right. Uh, you know, or consonant vowel, vowel, something like that with periods in between. Right. And, um, and I saw a young lady, um, just start stuffing stuff into her coat and, oh. and it was refreshing cause it was like, wow, I can, I can still see this. Um, <laughs> it's still got but, it. Um, Damn yeah. It. <laughs> and, I, and I went and I told a, a store employee kind of discreetly that this this young lady was not truly a shopper. And yeah. um, and we left. I didn't, you know, I didn't hang around to see what had happened or to see if they grabbed her or not. I, 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 I didn't need oh, to. Oh, dude, um, seriously, you narked? Oh. oh. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I dropped, fine. That's I, a responsible thing to do. That's fair. Yeah, I, I dropped dime and, and bailed because, I mean, in reality, if, um, you know, I, I don't want to get blamed. Um, it, it's just that simple. I mean, if it goes, if it goes wrong, I don't want somebody turning and pointing at me and saying, Oh, this guy, you know, nothing. I'm gone. I'm, he I'm saw out everything. here. Yeah. I, I saw oh. her stuff, some stuff in her, oh. uh, coat and then into her bag and, and I had enough there and I, I told the guy that worked there and see, I got to go. Well, that's the right thing to do. Don't you think? Because, you know, shoplifting, I mean, this is really what inflation is all about, right? It, we get charged so much because a lot of these stores are losing money on people stealing. Well, you know, you know it, it, it's funny. I mean, stealing is doesn't seem to be anywhere up on the on the list of the you know the the um, the crimes that everybody's out to try to stop and all that. And 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 I, I think that it, it's it's mostly because it, it seems to be a victimless crime. Um, you know, the stores they have insurance and and they can absorb losses and things like that, but. I mean, the, the retailer that I worked for back back in the day is no longer in business. You know, how much of that was was due to, to shrinkage? I don't know. But yeah. um, it was ridiculous, yeah. just completely ridiculous how many people would 
come in there for the sole purpose of ripping the place off. I, I was working at a, a store in the northern suburbs, um, and the, the, the front desk ladies, the girls working the uh, customer service desk, they would, you know, they would see just the craziest stuff all the time. They would have people coming up there to return stuff without receipts all the time. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, got to, it got to the point where it was so prevalent. It was just happening every day, mul- multiple times a day. And the, the company, uh, the, the store that I worked for, the company had a computer system where every time you made a refund with a, uh, without a receipt, they took your driver's license or oh. state ID number. And they logged it. So it was the funniest thing. I mean, these these people yeah. who obviously weren't from this northern suburban area would come up there and they'd, yeah. they would want to refund stuff that clearly they, I mean, they, they hadn't purchased. So of course. They, they'd call me. I'd come walking up there and I'd, I'd grab the item and I'd put it under the counter and I'd say, what is this? Yeah. Half of the people couldn't even get close yeah. as to what the item was they were returning. Um. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, most of the time it was some sort of something out of like um, the domestics department, the linens, the, you know, the tablecloths, mm. the, 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 uh, the window uh, drapes and things like that. So I'd take it and yeah. I'd shove it under the counter. I'd say, what is this? Yeah. And they'd start stammering around, well, you know, it'd be pillow shams. They, they didn't know what pillow shams were. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then I'd, you know, I, I'd have their ID in front of me because they'd have to surrender that as soon as they started trying to make the refund. Right, and I'd look in the computer, and I'd see that forty minutes ago they were at another, uh-huh. you know, store in our in our company, uh-huh. and I'd look at them square in the face, mm-hmm. and I'd say, "Well, have you ever you ever made a refund with one of our stores before without a receipt?" Oh no, of course not. Uh-huh. And I I'd, I'd look them square in the face, and I'd say, "Well, here's the deal: I'm going to keep the thing that you brought in that you can't identify, and you're going to leave, mm-hmm. or I'm going to pick up the phone." Mm-hmm. And all I had to do was say, pick up the phone. I mean, I never had to tell them I was going to call the police. I just said, I'll pick up the phone. And they yeah. skedaddled. They scooted out of that store mm. like they were on fire. Wow. And and it was hysterical. I mean, it was it was great recovery for the store. Yeah. I mean, they clearly had it's stolen. Great way to get free pillow shams. <laughs> well, right. that too. That too. We had, we had a pillow sham party after that. But, um, I mean, clearly these people weren't buying anything. They were just coming in there to get paid, and right. uh, it was it was just ridiculous. And yeah. in a lot of ways, it was kind of um, it was kind of upsetting. I mean, you know, every single day, and they were hitting every store in the in the Chicagoland area. I, this this company right. I worked for had probably fifteen twenty stores in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, and these folks were just ripping them off blind. God. And then there was just the everyday shoplifters. I mean, people would fill shopping carts full of merchandise and just push them out the door about that. And do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think it's because they really, cause I've heard different things about shoplifting. Like, is it that they really need the stuff or is it the thrill or is, are they, yeah, making you, know, money you know, it's, you know, you know, it's funny. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny is I never caught anyone stealing toilet paper. Yeah. Um, so I can't really that stuff. Yeah. I, I can't really accept, you know, the idea that people needed what they were stealing. Um, thankfully I never worked for a grocery store. I never worked for one of these retailers that was a super store, you know, like one of these super targets that has groceries and that, because I don't want to catch somebody who stuck food into their jacket and said that they have to feed their family. I don't want to hear it. I, you know, the, the, in a, in a sense, it's kind of a, it's kind of a game. And when, when people are stealing cigarettes, 
Mm. You know, sorry, pal, you're you're done. But yeah. you know, if they're stealing food and they're telling you it's for their family, man, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I, I don't. No. I, I don't want to get into all that. My stuff brother needs this pack of gum to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this well, is juicy yeah. fruit. Are you stupid? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we 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 were dealing with a. a a lot bigger stuff than than gum. Yeah, um, of course. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean those those pillow shams are like forty five bucks a, a package, and they come up there come up there with like three of them. So I mean, you know, they, what are they, they were what are they th- what are they th- woven from? Unicorn hair? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't even 3, know. Three thousand count. Yeah, unicorn hair. Yeah, we're talking the good stuff, but um, mm-hmm. but it, it was crazy. I mean, and and they were just you know, I, I and nobody ever told me that they needed the money for the rent. Or they needed the money to, you know, to put food on the table. These were these were junkies who mm-hmm. needed to get a drink or needed to get something to shoot in their arm or whatever they were doing. That's sad. And how do you just how do you not judge like all day long? Like you like you can you could probably spot them a mile away before they even well yeah, it was, both it feet was, in the door. Like it oh, was the funniest thing because I got to a point where I was training people in the company how to do that. I was going from store to store. I, I was the district trainer mm. for this company. Mm. And and one of the things that I told, you know, the, these people that we just hire off the street who had never had any experience doing this was, I said, you want to look for the people that are looking for you. Yeah. Because when, when somebody's coming in there to shop, they don't have any idea who's around them. They're just grabbing the, you know, grabbing mm-hmm. their selection off the shelf and right. and that's it. But the people that are looking for you are the ones you want to look for. And it's, it's a cat and mouse game. And how uh, how effective are the cameras? You know, you know like it's the, funny. The eyes we, in the sky. Like, so sure. they're not looking for you. You can probably spot those too, right? Like sure. Well, you can just look. Yeah. Well, he's looking around a lot. Like Absolutely. The, and, yeah, and, yeah. and when I started, there were no cameras. Right. We're, we'd walk the sales floor and we'd see the, the bus driver from the old folks' home shoving Alqua Velvet <laughs> into, their, into their pants pocket, which was, which was fantastic. Velvet. It's you know, was, that, I, I was, guess, was the high karate locked up? I don't understand. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they, they, they say you never forget your first, and th- that was That's my right. first. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 hysterical, and it, mm. it's unbelievable. We caught people in every walk of life: wow. lawyers, doctors. Um, I, I took a gun a gun off of a uh, county sheriff once. What? Um, he reached into his pocket. Yeah, he reached into his pocket. He was going to try to bribe me. Um, that, that's Cook County, Illinois, um, where that minute. happens all the time. Is the oh, sheriff's? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I see this guy. He sticks a gas cap for a car into his into his jacket pocket. So I go out to stop him, and he reaches into his pants pocket. Now, I don't know what he's reaching in there for. So it's kind of high alert. You know, I'm, I'm not making a ton of money. I'm, I'm in my early 20s. I don't want to sure. get shot or stabbed for this crappy job I'm doing. And he reach when he reaches in there, I see a gun sticking out of his oh. out of his belt line. So I grabbed his arm and I pulled the gun off his belt and he says, What the hell are you doing? And I said, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I'm a, I'm wow. a he says, I'm a Cook County Sheriff. And I said, Well, you're nobody until we get back in, inside the store. And I walked him back in the store and sat him down, took his ID, and sure enough, he had a badge. He was a Cook County Sheriff. And uh Funniest thing, I stealing. I think it was six bucks. So I called the uh, I called what? I called my my boss. I called the I called the district office. My boss was in a meeting, oh. so I told the secretary, somebody I knew pretty well. I said, "Well, I just took a gun off of a shoplifter." Oh, hang on. 
gets he gets right oh, on wow. the he gets right on the phone for that. Oh, and I, I had to unload the weapon and wow. um, take him up to the front door. Hand him and the, now you're a young wait you're a young kid. At this I'm point. in my early twenties. You know about unloading guns? Well, I, was that the first time you held a gun well, at that point? I grew, too, I grew up in the city, Brian. There's only <laughs> <laughs> okay. So right. enough said. Point made. Yeah, I see. So I, I took him up to the front door and I handed him his bullets in one hand. Now this guy was super super worried. I was going to call somebody and he was going to lose his job. So. I gave him his bullets in one hand. I gave him his, his uh, revolver in, in the other. I said, you know, no blood, no foul. You know, I wrote you up, got my stuff back. Have a great day. And he was super appreciative. Wow. But, um, yeah, I mean, it made news. I mean, you know, it, within the company, everybody was all excited. I mean, I could I have called the police and ruined this guy's life? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. For, for a $6 gas cap, and then I'm looking over my shoulder for how long? Because... I screwed over yeah. some uh, county sheriff. Mm-hmm. Nah, no thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Well, especially, I love the idea of who's, he was going to bribe you. It probably would have been just cheaper to pay for the gas cap. Right. Like, well, yeah. Well, and, no, he was, well, now I'm so, thinking like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, he reached into his pocket for his cash. I know, right? <laughs> See, the dog even. Yeah. The dog smells well, something well, they're, rotten. Yeah, they're, they're, they're German shepherds, so they uh, they get excited pretty easy. What's his name? What's your dog? Uh, I've got two. One one is Zeta, and the other is is Arya. Oh, that's nice. Zeta happens Phantom to Planet share Planet. a birthday <laughs> share a birthday with Catherine Zeta Jones. That's how that yeah, happened. Right. And what? my wife loves uh, Game yeah. of Thrones. That's how that's how the other one. Oh, got named. I never got into that show. It's never too late. Well, yeah, <laughs> nobody's perfect. Okay, <laughs> we all have our flaws, right? That's a pretty so would big you one. Say, would I you think say, this podcast is over. Yeah. This, <laughs> so uh, okay. So loss prevention, mm-hmm. and you also do other things too. Like you, you umpire too, don't you? Well, yeah. I, and as a matter of fact, when I met your wife, I was working. Yes. Um, I was working event security for the Chicago National League Ball Club. Right out at uh, that uh, famed uh, old uh, stadium there. In the- <laughs> And, um, so that, that was, you know, that, that, that's, that was in my, my early twenties and then loss prevention got into insurance claims. And then on the side yeah, now, yeah. uh, for the past four years now, I've been umpiring baseball games. How cool is that? On some days, super are these, cool. <laughs> are these little league games or are these, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. League I've, league? I've umpired as young as nine year olds mm. and I've gone up to, wow. The senior leagues where I've umpired guys in their fifties and sixties. Wow! And the, the guys, you get a lot of the guys coming up and yelling and kicking the dirt and. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm out. Oh, I've I've had yeah. You know, it's, it, it's funny. I was talking with a guy. I did a couple of games, um, not last weekend, but the weekend before, up in a, a dome up in Rosemont, and uh, these were eleven year old um, travel kids. And I was talking with one of my partners before we, we did a game. And he, he's only been doing it a couple of years. He's like, I've only thrown out, you know, like one guy a year. And I said, yeah. I said, that's that's about average. It's, you know, you, you um, throw out about a guy about a guy a season, one or two a season, and, and that's it. And, and they, these guys, they throw themselves out. Um, they, they basically put you in a position where you can't do anything else. Um oh. And, it's, and what it's, does it have to be like that, right? Well, you know, it, it it's you know? it's TV. I mean, everybody watches on oh. TV and they see 
you know, they grew up watching Lou Pinella and Tom Lasorda get all over mm-hmm. and Earl Weaver get all over yeah. umpires and, and everybody thinks that's part of the game yeah. and it, it's really not. Um, I've got a much greater appreciation no, for, um, for officials now that I've done this for a, a few years than I did before. I mean, and sure. I, I played for 30, 30 something years, um, in a row, yeah. uh, before I started, yeah. decided to take a little money out of the game. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, it's it's just the most ridiculous thing. I mean, you, you give a guy a warning and, and you tell him to settle down, and some most of them do, and then there's a couple that just you know they won't, and they just got to push the push the button a little bit. And but it, I, I you know some of the the old guys, the the fifties and sixties, it, it's the it's the cutest thing because there's not many of them around to do that do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the league I was doing this in had like two teams, so. Yeah. You know, the guy would come up to the plate and he'd start chit-chatting with the catcher and they'd hug and, you know, he'd turn around and none of them are hitting the ball really, but maybe 15, 20 feet out of the infield. Um, hardly, you know, they can hardly move, um, but they're, you know, they're smiling, having a good time and, and, and God bless them. Um, oh, there you go. And then you've got, you know, you've got the, you've got the little guys. One of the, one of the games I did the other day, um, there was a, a travel team, 11 year old travel team out of the quad cities, Iowa there. Yeah. And they had, and I told their coach, I said, this is the best coached team I've seen at this level that, you know, ever. And, um, yeah. these little guys carried themselves like they've been playing for 20 years. They were hysterical, but, but they were yeah. fundamentally just well-schooled and well-coached and, um, they, they nice. did a great job. And, um, you know, in, in, in 90, really, over 90% of the time, there's never any issue. I go in, I call seven or eight, nine innings, whatever I'm doing, and I go home, and there's no problems. Um, yeah. Then there are the days where somebody's just somebody's just on you. Um, they, mm. they just have to get their, you know, their, their two cents in about everything. Um, other days, the, the ball just finds you. I mean, I, I've been hit in the mask and the hands and the arms and the, in the, in the protective cup, um, which isn't very, isn't very protective when you get right down to it. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've gone home with huge bruises and, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I played catcher in high school, college and, and in men's leagues for, you, for 20 years. Yeah, when you catch a bad hop right there in the oh yeah beans and Frank, man. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it gets your attention. Um, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I, I've seen some really, I, I called a, uh, perfect game last year in, uh, Ooh. 18 plus. So this is a well-pitched game. Wow. Um, very cool. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I played for 30 plus years. I, I never yeah. participated in a perfect game either as a, uh, on the upside or on the downside. So, yeah. uh, umpiring one was, and, and it's funny because you get, uh, you get a little bit of a ways into it and you're like, Oh, hang on. You know, and my partner's like, you know, nobody's walked or hit or got hit or anything. It's like, oh crap. You know, yeah. it's a, now yeah. I feel the pressure. I've got to, you know, make sure that it's it's a it's a good, uh, well, even better officiated game than, than I was doing in the first place. So right, um, right. I had. Uh, do you ham it? Do you ever ham it up when you're calling strikes? Abs- uh, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah there, there's nobody. <laughs> oh no, no, there's nobody there that's coming there to see me. Um, the, the best thing I can do is be completely anonymous. I mean, the, the best games are when nobody notices that I'm there. Um, you know, the, the, the best teams are the ones who are swinging the bat all the time. Uh, what do I have to call? I don't have to call anything in those games. I just, 
basically yeah. stand there and bring new baseballs into the into the game as they they go out of play. But last year was 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 a really kind of a cool year between the uh, the perfect game that I called, and then um, I had a former uh, Chicago White Sox pitcher uh, who pitches in one of these men's Ooh. leagues, um, and he pitched for a while in the big leagues. He pitched for the White Sox and the, the Marlins, and his son pitches oh. for one of these teams now, and he comes out and he does two innings every Saturday or two innings every Sunday, whatever it is, and um, nice. it's it it was just it was so surreal to to squat down behind the plate, look over the catcher's head, and see this former big leaguer standing on the bump throwing pitches. And I mean, and it was somebody and you reach down and go, hmm? you reach down and you're like, do I have my cup on? Yes. are in place. Mask is on. Yeah. He, my insurance I, is paid up, right? <laughs> I, I think he's, he's about 52 or 53 now. Um, oh, he's not throwing 90 miles. No, 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 anymore. no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but, um, but clearly, I mean, very, you know, very good, very good control, uh, placement, everything. Um, and it, it's just surreal because, I mean, this wasn't somebody that I wasn't familiar with. I mean, I knew this guy by his yeah. face. I mean, you know, this is somebody I, I kind of yeah. grew up watching. And wow. um, and to see him out of the mound, it was, it's, it's just bizarre. It's like, okay. Um, but in another sense, just super cool. And the, the team playing against them knew exactly who this guy was. And it was just a heightened sense of excitement for everybody because the, the hitters oh. coming up were hitting off a big leaguer. And yeah. it's the only time they're ever going to do that. And so they were super excited. Yeah. And, and uh, it was it was just absolutely surreal for me to look out there and see this this former big leaguer um, throwing pitches. So, yeah, yeah it was yeah. just a cool experience. Yeah. We um, – I uh, – with where I work, sometimes we get invited by vendors to go have like a play date over at uh, AT&T Park in San Francisco, right? Uh, and uh, I went one one year, and they actually had a real giant pitching. Like, like you want to know what it's like to, you know, they were like, do you want to know what it's like to hit a major league, like, pitch? And a few of us were like, sure, why not? Uh, and, and then most people were like, nope, I don't want to even get close to that thing. <laughs> and so I stood at the mound, and this I, I don't remember his name, but he threw this ball, and I could hear it coming, and then I couldn't see it. <laughs> I was like, done, one pitch. I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> oh, Brian, everybody knows there's no such thing as the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he said um, it was a real giant, so he's like thirty feet tall, and basically like squashed the mound with his giant footprint. Fee five. Wait a minute, hold on. Wait. This is perfect time for this button. Fee five fo fum. <laughs> I see a chum that wants to hit a ball. I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> so kind of went kind of went job of the hut there for a minute. Anzola <laughs> Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they they give you a helmet and a bat and had you stand in against this guy or yeah okay yeah yeah gave me a, gave us uh, helmets and, and bats and we just stood nobody was expecting to even hit the ball it was really just stand there and feel what it's like to have a third of a second to decide if you're going to swing at this thing or not <laughs> right? stand there and not get clocked <laughs> right but I mean it was a ama- like it. Right, it's it just had that sound, 
uh, you could just hear it coming. And I was like, okay, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair but, enough. Uh, yeah. That's so then let me, let me ask you, Brian. Uh, so besides um, um, umpiring, Ump- umping, I'm mm-hmm. not sure what, what you would call that. Besides calling a game, <laughs> what, uh, how do you spend, I know since you work from home, uh, how do you spend your off hours? I mean, I'm not sure. I, I assume you work kind of like an eight to five or is it a little more flexible for you or? Oh yeah, it's absolutely flexible. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of whenever I want to work and, and they, I, I'm on uh, commission, so it's time and expense. So if I don't work, I don't get paid. Um, my company has, has literally no investment in me at all. Um, it, it's just the equipment that I use. So it's, you know, if, if I log in right now, they're more than happy that I'm working. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'll work for a couple hours. Then I'm going to head down into the city for a, a little bit and um, come back, probably pick it up again in the middle of the afternoon and work for a few hours. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful like that. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have any kind of set schedule. Um, I guess it'd be nice if I was here to answer the phone if, if somebody were calling, but it's no big deal. I mean, they leave a message and yeah, I, but that's I call what, them That's back. what cell phones are. Do. Well, yeah. And, we, just, and, we just talked about this. Isn't this what cell phones are for? We can, yeah, I, I, I can actually get my my calls um, sent to my cell phone if I want to, but. Yeah, sure. but you're not crazy. Well, it's not kind of necessarily the position. It's not, it, I mean, you're not in a place now where you like have to be on call or anything no, like that. No, so. not at all. That's nice. Not at all. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> it's it's not a bad it's deal. Nice for you guys working from home. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Some of us still have to go into an office. Mm. Why? Why can't you work from home? Because I don't know. They don't have it set up for that. Well, the world is moving this way. And you know what's interesting? What's actually interesting is that some companies will say uh, they will uh, have a policy will, where they have a work from home policy or they'll do, you know, row, R-O-W-E, the ro- results only work environment, right? Right. Uh, and then something happens within the organization and all of a sudden people are coming back to work, right? Look at Yahoo. Uh, I think what, it, what the story was there was there were a few bad apples that were doing side jobs, right? They were working from home, but they were doing other things. And so the decision ah, was made to bring them back in house. And so the problem is though, I mean, it's a total case of one bad apple spoiled the whole the whole bunch, right? It's interesting uh, how that part of the story never made it into the mainstream press. <laughs> yeah, well, it did. It was there. And uh, it got and glossed over because all the stories I read were like, Marissa Meyer doesn't want people working at home. And that's right. Well, she, well, right. What, what, got, what got put in our face was that there was a lot of collaboration in the office that was being missed because people were, that was the official story. But anyway, but people had then moved to, less expensive housing out in the suburbs or away from metropolitan areas where homes aren't that expensive because now they didn't have to go into an office and that just that just ruined a lot of things for a lot of people but um there are honest uh people out there that work from home you know and and have boundaries and you know office hours and all this other stuff and it it can work i think it can work well, if, it depends on your thing. Yeah, if this was a salaried position, 
I mean, you know, if, if I want to get up tomorrow in the middle of the day and go cut the lawn, I go cut the lawn. Yeah. But if yeah. I were if I were a salaried employee, that'd be a problem. Yeah. Of um, course, and well, sure, because there's the expectation of right the yeah. things you have to get done. Right, know? and and some people and morals too. Well, and and some people just can't do it without the supervision, and and that's that's part of the part of the problem with too. with companies. I mean, that's why you know my employer they're really on no risk because if yeah. I don't work, I don't get paid. And right. you know, the motivation there is for me to work. So mm-hmm. that's why it works. All right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Makes sense. Hmm. So, so Brian, are you, Smith, are you, uh, are you responsible enough to work from home? Um, well, like my present day job, no, I want to say you know, just in general. Yeah. I've gotten a lot better about it i've never really had the opportunity to put it to the test so yeah. it's hard to say i mean with like my voiceover work and like the audiobook and especially with the editing yeah i mean i can get in a good i can get in a good six hours a day yeah. of working from home yeah. solid yeah. like i yeah. will i will probably skip lunch and just work like a giant block of stuff sure um but i would do that but i would do that like six or seven days a week so i'm still mm-hmm. putting in the equivalent amount of time right right i think yeah i mean i think afforded the opportunity even just part-time or something just a few yeah. days a week it'd be kind of nice and it's yeah. um because yeah. you get out of the stress of the office you're not stuck in a cubicle all the time you, you know mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's variety i think i think not everybody necessarily has that discipline i think it's something you can build mm-hmm. for sure um but the only way to do it is to do it. I think that's the that's the biggest problem is you need to actually be able to prove that you can do it. But if you don't get the opportunity to prove you can do it, then it makes it a little hard. Yeah, that's you right. Know. Most of the and most of the you know with with the skill sets I have, most of the work at home opportunities are not stuff I want to be doing. No, right. Um, you know, because it's it's all call center work. Where you'd like have to be there every second of a given you know shift and stuff. Oh, certain you know certain technology companies. Especially here in Arizona, which you know is a right to work set, we have a lot of call center jobs in the state. Yeah, uh, including a number for certain fruit shaped technology companies. Oh. Um, but but and they're and they work from home. But and but I mean they supply a computer that tracks like everything you do on it, and you you have to supply at like a four hundred dollar ergonomic chair. Like there's things you have to do to set your workspace to meet their standards. And oh right. And stuff, and that just wasn't at the time when it, you know it just wasn't realistic, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's unfortunate. I kind of get it. I mean, I get what they're aiming for, and it made perfect sense. But it's like, well, I can't guarantee that the neighbor next door's dog is not going to bark. You know, <laughs> like I don't right. like. I mean, I could, but then I'd get arrested for animal cruelty. <laughs> like I can oh, guarantee it, but right. Meh, you know, right? How do you explain that? Like people call in for help, and all of a sudden you've got like. Yeah, or, or if you're if you're a parent or, with kids and the kid something happens and the emergency, you know, you're in the middle of a call. It's like, yeah, you can't sit there and and finish. Okay, honey, I know you're bleeding. Just sit there for a minute and just be quiet while I finish no. talking. To I me. had I talking actually had an, ex- I had an experience like that where I had called in. It was this fax software that we were using. It was absolutely the worst fax software ever, and um, I had a problem. And I had called tech support. And I didn't realize that they had their call support people like work from home. And the person that was helping me excused me because her, I swear, 
her beans were burning <laughs> on, the, on the stove. You know, and that's that's one yeah. of those things. I think now, like the state of and, and my apartment's small. I've actually thought about like uh, for voiceover and stuff like that. If I had the time to have one, I would. I literally probably just out of habit, I would like rent an office so I could mm-hmm. go there. So just for the discipline of like you know get that mind shift and. Of going somewhere, even if it's just like uh, the next block over, you know, someplace yeah. like super close. Yeah. Um, I don't well, know. Like- I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I think it, you can get to a certain point in your life where you have the experience to go, okay, look, this is what, this is what I know I can get done in a given day. Yeah. Um, well, like you were talking about the results oriented, yeah. results oriented work experience kind of thing. Yeah. That idea of I have a set amount of stuff to get done. I get it done. The rest of the day is mine. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, when I started this gig, most of that stuff, like if we had a particular quota and had to stop after that, I could have been done in like three hours of an eight hour day. It was really super efficient at what I did. I'm like, that would have been nice. Yeah. And I even asked when they hired me on full time, I was like, can I just do, is it possible to do part time? And they're like, no, it's full time or nothing. I'm like, really? Why? Mm -hmm. Honestly, why? Why would you not employ more people, even if it's just part time? Mm-hmm. To get the work done, you know, you right. could actually, you could actually have the center open longer. Mm-hmm. You could do these day, you know, have like three, four hour shifts, you know, four or six hour shifts or whatever, you know, do something. It doesn't have to be 24 seven because it's a billing office. Right. But, <laughs> but the processing we're doing is like, we could be caught up and done, you know, mm-hmm. you might actually need less people eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. The world's uh, a different place. These oh, days. the vagaries of human resources. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have, uh, similar things when I work from home, I get a little cabin fevery and I like, I need to get out. And so I'll, yeah, yeah. you know, like I'll go to lunch or I'll just go outside, you know, or, or something. But if I'm cooped up in the house all day, even though it's in the comfort of my own home, yeah. I still have to, I still have to get yeah. out. Well, Go well see of course, people, and that was, you know, well, and that was, I, I mean, a couple of years ago before I had my present day job, I was doing audiobooks i was working voiceover stuff full-time at home um living at my sister's and she lived out in the boonies so there were there was a point where i didn't leave the house for like three weeks and it 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 started yeah it did start to because i didn't have a car so yeah it kind of got to me but yeah it's like i need a truck just for one day just let me drive around um (laughs) he'd go to the mall you're like hi how are you what's your name Well, no, I don't even like people. I just wanted to get outside and away from the house for a while. Oh, I see. Oh, I got. Gotcha. <laughs> I wanted to go do stuff, you know. <sighs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I, but no, I can. I can see that. And then working on, and as you were saying, Brian, working on commission and things of that nature. Yeah, I can. I mean, and that can drive you to work. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm curious for you. Have you? Has that at least in insurance? Has that always been a commission thing, or was that? Something that's specific to this job that you have now? No, it's it's specific to the job I have now. Um, when I was working in the field, it was a similar um, pay structure. But um, you know, working working for I mean, when you work in the field, uh, you're hustling all the time. You're trying to get in as many inspections as you can in a day. Um, versus you know what I'm doing now, it's it's desk work. It's um, you know, it's a different thing, but I, I experience the same, same things you're talking about. I mean, uh, a couple of times a week I'll get up and I'll, you know, go uh, run errands, 
Um, I'll go to Costco in the middle of the day, which is nice because there's nobody there. Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, I, and, and I, I do feel a need to get out, um, a lot more than I used to. I mean, I used to get home from an office and just want to crash, but now it's like, you know, I, I gotta get out. I gotta get to the health club or, um, tonight the wife and I went and played trivia at a, at a, at a bar near us. And, um, you, nice. you, you, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get out. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious, I'm curious with that particular kind of pay structure and things like that. Has it ever, have there ever been times where you felt compelled to work more, almost like like a level of overwork in a way, uh, because of, because of the, that it's that whole if you don't work you don't get paid kind of mentality. I know for me, like you know, I, I have an hour, I'm I'm an hourly guy, like I'm not salaried, I'm hourly, and so yeah, if I don't work, I don't get paid, and maybe it's just uh, more of a sense of financial insecurity at this point. But to be like, there's those points where like when he's talking about, you know, if, if I was offered work from home for this gig, I'd be worried. I'd be working too much and that happens. Um, to get the work done because I maybe, maybe I care too much. I mean, I get so anal about wanting to do, do the right job, do it well that, you know, it might lead to a, a 10 or 12 hour day far more often than it should. Well, it's a lot yeah. easier to get into the zone too when you're yeah, working from home, yeah. and you just lose all sense of time and space. And then before you know it, you're like, "Wait a minute!" It's well, especially two, when there's especially when the afternoon, right? When there aren't the interruptions of an office, you know, exactly, kinda, yeah. right? There, so are, I was curious there are these with, little time check, to, you know, things that come up. Like people go, "Hey, you going to lunch?" And you're like, "Oh, it's noon." Yeah, right. Yeah, and I've had that. I've had that before at at the office. But I'm, right, I'm just curious office, for you. But, Brian Morris, uh, with again with that, does that was there an adjustment for that to kind of dial back from your field, like like you were talking about being in the field, you're hustling all the time. Was there kind of a was there an adjustment period to kind of force yourself to dial back a little bit, or well, it's 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 funny because the um, the the workflow that that I've got, there, there are some days where you know I, I set a, a personal goal for each day. Um, in, in terms of how much I'm going to bill for a day. So I've got to hit my goal every day to make sure that I'm, I'm you know, the, the kids are fed and, and everything else. And um, there, there are some days where I hit that goal at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and now it's, you know, I, I can either just, you know, work till five or six and just try to rake it in or call it a day and, and pick it up again tomorrow. Um, you know, I've got two different, two different motivators. One is the, um, it's the work. I mean, you know, some of this stuff has to be done rather immediately. Um, and, and other, you know, other parts of it is, you know, the, the other motivator is, you know, making sure that I get my, my billing done every day. So, you know, on the, on the days where I'm done at three o'clock and there's nothing pressing, I have a real hard time sitting in front of the computer anymore. Um, all of a sudden, everything else in life that, that could be done, dishes, laundry, errands, you know, anything become, you know, a whole lot more appealing. But um, there are days where, you know, I'll, I'll sit down at eight in the morning and I'll get up at seven at night and I will have struggled to get to my my daily goal. And it, it's just the just the, the ebb and flow of the of the work. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it, it balances. Yeah, I think that that's true. I don't. I think that's true of, of of a lot of jobs, especially from those that work at home, where you just end up with a day that no matter how much 
effort you put into it, you never quite see it. It never feels like it quite as productive as it should have been. Right. And um, because I get that. And, and as I was saying, when editing audiobooks and things like that, I've had those days where it's like I get stuff. I do get started in the morning and get going and get going. But then it's like I get to the end of the day. I'm like, man, I still have all this work I got to do. <laughs> it's like, why? Um, but you don't so, realize how much work you actually have done sometimes right like well, it's no, just yeah. as, like you're an autopilot and you just work and work and work and work and then at the end of the day you're like god what did i do today but i mean well but i'm talking about like well from what brian's talking about about setting a particular goal for yourself for a given day right and that kind of right. thing and you do this work and you still don't quite hit what you wanted to have it measure as a as a productive day i'm not going to say a oh, success but um because that that leads to a bad mindset but to have it be a, a relatively productive day in that way. Do you find for yourself, at least you get to the end of those days and still like, do you beat yourself up about that stuff? Or are you just kind of like, yeah, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll recover tomorrow. Or- yeah. I'd say that's exactly how I look at it. And it's, it's um, you know, I may have had a great day to today. It may be slow tomorrow. It all balances out. Um, you know, yeah. I, I've got a daily goal, and then I've got a weekly goal. So if I if I really kill it today, mm-hmm. maybe I can go a little easier tomorrow. Um, you know, tomorrow, I, like, oh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm going to run downtown. So I've got kind of a, a mindset where, you know, I'll do what I can tomorrow. And I'll when I get home, I'll, uh, you know, I'll hit it for as long as I can. But, you know, on a Friday night, 6, 7 o'clock, I'm not getting anybody on the phone. Um, yeah, unless I've got true. just a lot of report writing to do, there's, you know, there's, there's really nothing I can do. So, you know, I, on some, you know, some days I think, uh, a, a week from tomorrow, I'm going to go to the White Sox opener and, you know, I'll be out most of the day ah. and I know, okay, Saturday, I'm going to have to at least log in and try to pick up whatever I can. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and if you know, I don't know how much you know, like the work that you get in advance, like how much you know what kind of work it is. Like you were talking about the report writing or things like that, where you might be able to structure your week around certain parts of your job for that more than others. So like, say like you're talking about more doing like the writing, the report writing more toward the evening kind of things, making your phone calls during the day sort of thing. I don't know how much flexibility you have in actually executing your job. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of like my own little business here, really. Um, so, I mean, yeah, how, however it works best for me, um, you know, everybody's everybody's accessible now. Everybody's got their cell phone. So it's not like I have to call somebody after they get home at night. Um, you know, usually if, the, if their house is flooded or something like that, they're going to want to hear from me. So um, they'll step away from their job or whatever they're doing to make sure that they take my call. So. I mean, it's it, it, it's different. Yeah, I mean, when I started doing this, everything was uh, pen and paper. Um, everything was, uh, you know, a push button phone on the desk. There were no cell phones. Um, it, it was a different deal. Um, but today, I mean, it's you know, I, I if you can't get everybody, I mean, everybody, everybody sits on their cell phones. I mean, if somebody doesn't call you back, they're intentionally not calling you back, or you know, if they don't pick up. They know you called. I mean, you don't have. There's almost no reason for voicemail anymore. Okay, cool. I actually have a friend that will not answer her voicemail, <laughs> even though you leave like three messages. She's like, I don't, I don't listen to voicemail. 
Yeah, they they, they say who okay. called and they they call back. Yeah. Uh, here's a funny story. So, uh, a number of years ago, we actually had an incident in our house. Now, keep in mind, we're in California. We had an incident in our house. We had a service company came out, and there was a misfortune that happened. And in the middle of the night, our downstairs got flooded. And um, Brian was the actual, he was the, you were the claim adjuster well, no, for I, that company? What well, actually, I was a supervisor. But, um, yeah, I think you had an appliance leak. Uh, I worked for a company that sold a lot of appliances. So yes. um, it was the funniest thing because I, I just came across your file. I came across the names. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I know these people. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I stepped in and, and, and I think I made a call or two and um, tried to um, make sure that everything went as smooth as possible. Um, yeah, it did. But it, it was, was but it was funny. I, yeah, it was it was funny to see your names in there. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> Whoops. <Yeah. laughs> What's going on with your house? <laughs> I know. I just remember uh, Jennifer, you know, my wife, was like, guess what? <laughs> <Brian's> the, <laughs> it's a small world. Brian's yeah. The, yeah. He's the insurance guy for said company. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happened a few times yeah, through right, the years. Yeah. It, there, there have been a couple of times through the years where it's just been just ridiculous. I was driving home one day. I saw a big accident. I was driving on the overpass over an expressway, and I saw a big accident down there. There were helicopters. Next morning, that claim was on my desk. Um, oh. <laughs> I had a, uh, a former Chicago Bear, um, very prominent former Chicago Bear, um, have a couple of claims in, in, you know, one with his car, one with his house and got to the point where he was calling me on my, on my cell phone all the time. We we're on a first name basis. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, there, there are times where, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a really small world, but. Yeah. Yeah. Right it on. Is. Can you imagine though? Can you imagine like <laughs> being, being on the freeway or something, you see a wreck and you're like, oh no. No, 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 no. Yeah, and that, that was a, I mean, actually, I mean, that's something I'll never forget. It was, it was one of the most nightmarish uh, oh. auto claims I've ever heard about, much less handled. Mm. So I've had a couple mm. of them where you'll never forget the uh, the circumstances. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. It's, a, it's I mean, crazy. not cool, but. <laughs> not cool. No, not, not cool. cool. Interesting. It's yeah. very interesting, which is why we're here. <laughs> well, auto wrecks are no fun. No. no. Especially well, when no. you see it coming. <sighs> you know? That, yeah. Well. Like when you're in the car and you can't go anywhere and you look in your rearview mirror and you see car coming up like super fast on you and you're just like, oh, no, please, no. And then blammo. Doesn't even have to be the rear view. I had uh, I had an SUV back up onto my car once. It um, happens. In yep. a parking lot. Yeah. Like she was, we were in an exit lane for a parking lot and I was behind her and she wasn't paying attention, decided to, was though it was taking too long to get into traffic, decided to back up. I saw her. I just couldn't throw my car into reverse fast enough and there was nobody behind me. She just kind of up and onto my hood. Well, you know, a, some, a lot of these cars too. They're so insulated that yeah. they can't hear the outside. Like you're blaring your horn, you're honking, 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 and they don't hear you. Yeah, and it's just because 
It's just well, and she was the, up kind of high. She couldn't. I don't think she could see my car either. So it was uh, that was a little surprising. And I mean, she was very good. It was it was you know, she was a college student. It was your dad's car, of course, kind of thing. But and they offered to, to pay for the repairs as they should, and that's fine, you know. And, oh, uh, I got that all. Well, I got that all scheduled, but then my car pretty much fell just shy. It got hit again while I was on vacation. <laughs> In my What's driveway, it? I was not there. My car was in my driveway. I was out of state on vacation. I come back New Year's Day, and it looks just like a wasteland in my driveway. Like, the, like the whole, it had just come, cl- almost nicked the frame, almost. Like the insurance adjuster even told me, like, mm. man, if it just been like an eighth of an inch more, we would have had to total a car. I'm like, oh, can't you just pound it in yourself for <laughs> yeah, God's right. sake? Um, All right, now here, now here's something. So, so Brian, as as the official representative of the insurance company industry, you get into an accident. Should you ever accept uh, not going with the insurance and having the no, you know, no. guilty party no. pay for the damage? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, you, you don't know how that's going to end. I mean, there's, there's, exactly. you know, there's. There's an opportunity that the ins- that the insurance company is going to screw you, but with with somebody who's just going to try paying out of his pocket, as soon as it gets to be too much for their liking, now all of a sudden things get get weird. And yep. if they turn it over to their insurance company, their insurance company may deny coverage because exactly. they they put them in a rough spot, it's and right. it's it's just a yeah, it's just a nightmare. Just mm-hmm. yeah, report it to the insurance company yeah. and leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I got rear-ended. Uh, the person that rear-ended me was had just turned 18 and uh, had to, well, she got her mom on the phone and I didn't want to talk to her mother because I was on the phone with my insurance company and I said, do I need to talk to her mother? And they said, how old is she? And I said, how old are you? And she said, 18. I said, 18? <laughs> the guy's like, no, you don't have to talk to her mother. <laughs> no, she's an adult. She knows yeah, what she did. And I said, they're offering to pay for the damages. And he goes, all right, let me explain to you how this is going to pan out, right? Everybody's all friendly at the scene of the accident because they just want this to go away and they'll pay anything just so you don't call their insurance company and their things don't go up, you know, the rates don't go up. All this but then you go to the, you know, the auto repair place and they say, oh, it's $3,000 to fix your, you know, to fix the, the, the trunk and whatever, the bumper and stuff. And you present to them the $3,000 bill. Now, all of a sudden, somebody in the family is into collision repair, and they say, oh, if he'd have brought it to my shop, Absolutely. it would have only been 1200 Yeah. They're taking you for a ride. Don't pay That's that. That's right. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's then, out for something. And then you're going to need a rental right. car for three days, and mm-hmm. screw you. You don't need right. that. And, and, now, and you're hurt. Uh-huh. So then you go to the judge because now you're suing them because they're not paying for it. And the judge's first question is, why didn't you call your insurance yeah. company? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guy goes, do you want to go through all that? I was like, nope. <laughs> I said, I'm not even going to entertain you know, them paying for this. There's no way. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because some people do take that deal. They're like, okay, sure. And then they get, and then they get screwed. Screwed, I tell it you. It happens. Well, I think we probably want to start wrapping up here, but... I want to do it this way. So, Brian Morris, before we let you go, would you kindly regale us with, out of all of your years of insurance adjusting or loss prevention, can you tell us probably the craziest, most absurd story that you have ever experienced? 
in your time? Oh, <laughs> so many. Yeah, sure. there's. Uh, I'm sure there's a plethora of. I'm sure. There, I'm sure you could write a book on these experiences. Yeah, there's, just, there's, there's quite whatever, a, just there's the, quite just a few. The, 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 the absolutely just the the one that stands out in your mind when you think just totally crazy. One, one of the, one of the, the most one you tell at office parties. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the that one. One of the most ridiculous things that I've experienced. I was working as a auto liability adjuster for a large uh, national insurer. Um, a lot of popular commercials that they do these days. Uh, J.K. What's his name? J.K. Simmons, I think, does the commercials. Yes. Oh yeah. And um, so I so it's auto liability. So there was an auto accident. I had to go out and uh, meet with because we're providing great customer service. I had to meet with the injured party. So I get to this woman's mm. house, and um, she was born probably in the early fifties. And, and I start talking to her and I'm looking over the police report as I'm talking to her and the driver of the car was born in the same year I was, but she was the passenger and she was, she was, you know, born in the, in the early fifties. And I'm like, well, what's the, what's the relationship here? And, oh, that's my boyfriend. My boyfriend was driving the car. So, so her boyfriend's as old as I am and she's, you know, 15 years older than I am. So it was a little weird. And She's Lonnie Anderson, basically. I mean, she's she's not actually Lonnie Anderson, but she might as well be. Right. Um, just the oh, just the cool. tease blonde hair and <laughs> um, just just this woman who's just trying super hard to keep her youth. Um, it was actually mm-hmm. kind of sad, but so I go over there and oh. I'm talking to her and I'm sitting on the couch and she's sitting on the other couch and she's explaining it to me and I'm like, well, you know, in order for me to be able to value your injury, I've got to know how it affected you. What what aren't you able to do? Oh, well, I play volleyball and I can't put my arms up. And okay, I get it. All right. Some recreational type stuff. What about everyday stuff? Can you brush your teeth and all this? She's like, well, she's like, yeah, but, you know, and next thing I know, she's inching closer. Now, all of a sudden, she's sitting on the couch next to me. And she's telling me, well, she can't really, you know, she has a hard time dressing and undressing. And she goes to pull her blouse off. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the hell's going on? What's going on here? You know, <laughs> we're, we've got to show them. Just as she, I swear, she pulled it up to almost the bra line. The front door swings open as if on cue. And there's a 12, 13-year-old girl standing there. And she's like, Mom, what's going on? And she, you know, she drops her blouse down again. And she's like, oh, this is the insurance guy. We were just going on about the accident. And I had this disapproving teenager who was was standing in the doorway. And now I'm sitting there just doing my job. I never, I never loosened my tie, much less anything else. And it was, it, it was just the, the most awkward, uncomfortable kind of, cause I mean, I, I thought, you know, I'm on the verge of getting raped here and I wasn't really upset at the, at the idea. So, um, and you know, I, I don't know if she thought that because I had a checkbook in my bag that, you know, that the, the more, uh, fun this was, you know, the, the better check she'd get, but it, it was just, it yeah. was the most bizarre thing that ever happened because, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at that girl. I'm like, I, I didn't do anything. You know, I felt like I had to justify my my existence there to this 12 or 13 year old girl who very clearly had caught her mother in other compromising situations with Whoa. with men she'd never seen before. So that was, imagine? yeah, that was that was that, that was a yeah. I couldn't wait to get out of there. Wow. Um, def, definitely, yeah, something something I won't forget. But I mean, it was it was just ridiculous. She yeah. went from one end of the other couch to the closest end of me. And all of a sudden she's sitting on the couch next to me and she's just inching closer. And 
and thankfully the the, the door opened because oh. I, I don't know where it was going, but um, yeah, very weird. Did you did you did you strut back to your car and were you no. like I still got it. no? I, I I wanted to run. <laughs> I mean, this woman <laughs> this woman this woman looked like she was as old as my mother. It was just creepy weird. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, it was just creepy weird that's, and that's um, not right. Yeah, I, I I was very interested in getting away. <laughs> me, me on the other hand I probably would have been a little flatter <laughs> that's okay <laughs> well I, I, I would have been crippled by performance anxiety so that's <laughs> so wow what a great note to end this interview on <laughs> so, oh, we've learned a lot about Brian today indeed that, wait, wait, he, met, he of, met Lonnie oh, Anderson we learned, about a lot, we learned a lot about all three of us today I think that was I think a little so bit too. more. So, Brian Morris, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate yeah, it. It's taking my pleasure. The time out. And, and this one's making yeah. it to air. Wow. It is. We swear. <laughs> my, minus, minus some judicious uh, editing. Yeah. Minus all the stuff that needs to be cut. Yeah. Sorry about all that yes. swearing I was doing. Sorry about that. Oh, that? No, that's fine. No, no. <laughs> you should hear this sailor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. We're going to have a really good office party with all the money we made in the swear jar. I know. This guy. That's crazy. <laughs> Our chat is now over. Our guest has departed. Now here's the rest of the show. And we're back. Yeah. That was so. a good interview. That was a good interview. Yeah. I really like the part about the thing with the guy in the place. Thing <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the place. It's been a week since we recorded the interview. I <laughs> No, my favorite is the story about the as as you just heard a few minutes ago with the woman on the couch. Yes, like the him him and the cougar on the couch. That was <laughs> that was so funny. I love that story. That was amazing. Um, he's got. And I, I I can still visualize that a little bit. I'm like okay, he's oh, got that's... a lot of stories like that. He's yeah, uh, but like yeah. I said, he's one of those. He's one of those friends where you just kind of look at him and you're like, I'm so glad we're friends. Yeah, you know, cool, right on. Yeah, and and let that be a lesson to anybody who's listening out there. We will talk to Brian's from all walks of life. It's not, you know, it's not always, you know, it's they're they're not necessarily going to be comedians, and that would, you know, a lot of them might be because those are the people that I know in my circles. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if you are a Brian out there, or you know someone named Brian who wants to be a guest, by all means, get in touch with us. And yeah. Um, you know, find us on the Facebook group and we'll, we'll have all those addresses at the end and things. You can find us on the website and, uh, on Twitter, definitely. And we'll, we'll cover that all in a little bit, but first we should probably talk about what we found interesting this week. It's the most interesting thing of the week. Can I go first? Please. I wish you would. Thank you. Uh, okay. So eHarmony, we all know eHarmony. Yes. Where they match scientifically, they match people together, right? Well, most people. Apparently, I had no luck. So (laughs) they wouldn't take me. (laughs) Okay. Most people. (laughs) Well, they actually won't take like one in five, which I think is weird, but. Oh, okay. Apparently, I'm not the only one. I had several friends who wouldn't. You couldn't pass their test either. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, sorry, so they have this track. algorithm that uh, that matches people together. Well, uh, eHarmony has announced, and it's in beta right now, and you can sign up for it and and use it. Uh, they have what's called elevated, and what elevated is, or, or it's called elevated careers, elevated careers, and basically what they've done 
is they've taken their algorithm and they're matching people with companies, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, so it's in your career field. You know, you upload your resume, you fill out the the survey, answer a bunch of questions. Uh, it takes all about 10, 15 minutes. And then uh, it spits out the compatibility uh, percentage of your current employer. And then it matches you with other employers uh, that have similar jobs offered. And you get matched with like the culture or the uh environmental consciousness or you know or whatever okay. uh based on your values so your values and the way you answered these the thing the questions uh matches you with employers now the cool thing is not only are you looking for jobs that match you but then employers are looking for people to match them right and so okay. you may get messages from companies saying, hey, you are 85% compatible with our company. We'd like to talk with you. <laughs> you know, kind of cool. Um, but I but I filled it out and uh, been playing around with it. It was kind of neat. It was kind of cool. Right on. Yeah. Cool. So it's like e-human resourcery. Yeah. <laughs> this is a game changer. This is pretty cool. Yeah. This is actually really now, cool. Admittedly, admittedly, for the listeners out there, when they dropped the the timing of this was a little awkward because when I found out about it, I thought it was another. I thought it was a very clever April Fool's joke um, because this year's April Fool's pranks from various companies they right. had a lot of stuff like this where they were coming up with fake services and right. products and like the Google bike so that I, I, drives itself. <laughs> oh yes, the self driving bike the and self-driving um, bike. Google. Was it plastic or something? The basically, it's better than because it's like actual reality. Yes, it's basically just plastic glasses over like a plastic panel over your yes, face. Yes, that was funny. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But um, yeah, so stuff like that, you know. And so I, I was thrown by that and like, ah, very funny. But mm-hmm. no, apparently, elevated is a real thing. It's a real thing, so, and it's free to sign up. Awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's at it's at elevatedcareers.com. Elevated now I wonder, do they have do they have an FAQ? I'm wondering what if what about people who don't necessarily want to stay in their particular field? Uh they does their algorithm do they just get stuck with whatever they've got? Well, they, they do have an FAQ. Uh, it's not very it's not very lengthy. Big. It's not very lengthy. No. Yeah. Uh, but well, it's it, new. That's fair. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, will I have to pay a fee to register? We'll see my profile. Who uses Elevated Careers? Will my current company be able to see? That I'm using this, where are your headquarters? Uh, what if I want to, oh, here it is. What if I want to work in a different field or industry industry other than my current one? Okay. Uh, to refine your job search while you're in here, you they have a step-by-step job search, okay. refine results, drop down, and then enter the enter the desired containing field, search important. Yeah, so you can, yeah, so you can, can kind it. of yeah, expand you can totally your search. All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is basically this is the this is the it's it's got the look and feel of eHarmony. Okay. Yeah. Pretty Makes cool. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Good for that. All them. right, cool. Yeah. Right on. I thought that was very interesting. Most interesting thing for me this week. Okay, you? well my my interesting thing is um a little different. It's a podcast. What? 
Not my podcast. I was about to say, <laughs> come on, man. It's not randomness. I'm not going to be that shameless about my plugging. Um, <laughs> the it's most interesting thing of the week is me and my podcast. That's right. Well, I could have. I almost made. I almost made myself <laughs> one of the Brian's in the news story. Oh, for crying out loud! But that would have been. See, yeah, I'm not that egotistical. I would have drawn the um, line right there. Exactly. Listen and, to me. And, I, I do not need to promote <laughs> randomness that badly. I mean, anybody can go to the website at randomness.com and, and subscribe. Right. Uh, <laughs> so there. You know. Um, no, my my choice this week is tied into what I was talking about earlier about rewatching The West Wing. Oh. Uh, things like, it's a new podcast called The West Wing Weekly. What? Say that 10 and times basically, fast. The West Wing Weekly, West Wing Weekly, West Wing Weekly, West Wing Weekly. I'm not doing it 10 times. <laughs> um, that would take too much time. I, I, <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, no, this is, a, this is a new podcast yeah. where they're basically reviewing. They're taking week by week. They're going through the entire show one episode at a time oh. in order. Oh. And it's being brought to It's be, The hosts are uh, Rishikesh Hirway, who is the host of the Song Exploder podcast, Whoa. which is very popular currently uh, mm. as well. But also uh, Joshua Molina. Oh, yeah. Who was one of the stars of the show. Mm-hmm. So they're going through, they're basically watching everything from the beginning. And and they've talked about having guests on this recent week. They just, they've, they, they literally just started a few weeks ago. Um, they got a good head of steam from Twitter from people because Joshua Molina, he's on Scandal right now mm-hmm. as a regular. And mm-hmm. so he has a pretty good Twitter following. It's another good show. He's very, he's very funny on Twitter also, but yes. he's got a very good following and he, dropped hints that this that this podcast was coming and they ended up with like hundreds of thousands of subscribers before the first episode ever dropped wow it was crazy um why can't we be that lucky well we don't i don't you know have hundreds of thousands of twitter followers to promote the show in advance so um but he uh so they they're watching each episode basically once one episode they're covering one episode a week and talking about it in depth and Uh, yeah just basically kind of reviewed kind of like what I do with, uh, with the randomist podcast available yeah. at randomist.com. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so, but, but they're doing, like I said, they're doing it in order. And he's talked about the nice thing is for him is he keeps in touch with everybody. So they, they will also have guests on. Nice. So for this most recent episode, which is, they were talking about season one, episode three, they brought on Dulé Hill who played Charlie Young in the series. And that episode was his first appearance Ah. on the show. And so they talked to him about the experience of coming on the show and where he was at, because he was struggling as an actor. He was almost ready to leave LA. Yeah. Like he was broke. He didn't, it was one of those, he was basically getting ready to live on, live on his friend's couch kind of thing. He's like, I either got to move in here. I'm moving back to Jersey, you know, moving back to New York or whatever. And this was kind of like his first big thing. And so then he booked the West Wing. Originally, he was just supposed to be like a guest star. Yeah. Like a recurring for a few episodes. And after his first appearance, they picked up his option to be a regular. And he stayed through all seven seasons. Nice. Yeah. Great money. Great, great work for him. And then he went, then he went on to star in Psych, Uh which was a hilarious show. It was amazing. And he's also, for a lot of people, Dulé, especially, he's a tap dancer by training. Wow. Like he's a singer and a dancer and he had been on Broadway a number of times well before the West wing and things like that. So he, that's kind of, that's his skill. And they, they joked about the fact that he used to dance all the time in between takes on set. And things oh. like that. So there were some really fun stories and that was like stuff that I'd never got to hear. So I'm really interested to see who else 
they get on. I hope that at some point they actually manage to get Aaron Sorkin on. Uh. But he and Joshua Molina are really good friends. And Josh has been in like every project that Aaron has ever done. Yeah. Kind of like Greg Grunberg and J.J. Abrams. Like they have that kind of connection. Yeah. Um, but Josh Molina was actually in the original Broadway production of A Few Good Men. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, you know, um, it's a really good podcast. I really enjoy it. Um, they've got their, their website. You can, you can go to, uh, West with the West, the West wing weekly.com. That's their, that's their website. They managed, they, they, they obviously know what they're doing cause they already had sponsors lined up and everything too. So, so. Mm. but I think, uh, I think Rishi, um, is the one who kind of takes care of most of that side of things. Sure. Cause he's got song exploder, which is already a really super popular podcast. So, mm. Um, but yeah, no, the westwingweekly.com. It is really awesome. And it got me, like I said, it got me rewatching the series yet again. Nice. Frankly, I, I frankly I think I end up binging it at least once every year and a half anyway. Oh, there you go. Uh, but it's very and it's all on Netflix, so it's very watchable, very bingeable by all means. Yeah. Um, so very and it's so just and even still it holds up. Like it just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's interesting now. A lot of the episodes in the first season um, and the second season, like these early seasons, they're talking about like um, gay marriage and and some of the stuff that's happening that has changed since then. And it's yeah. really fascinating to hear them yeah. talking about the idea of gays in the military and how bad that is for morale and things like that. And like, well, hmm, it's, you know, so it's really fascinating to see how much has changed since that show was on the air. Yeah. Politically. Yeah. And some of it that really sadly hasn't changed, but it's like, yeah, yeah or gotten worse. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a, yeah, the podcast is great. The the show is good. And I'll put that, the link to that, the Netflix link to that in the show notes as well. Nice. Um, by all means. Yeah. Definitely check that podcast out as if I don't have enough podcasts to listen to. No, uh, <laughs> including my own, like, yeah, like this one and the randomest podcast yeah. available at randomist.com. Yeah. I see. <laughs> I like, like how I subtly work that in there, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I didn't catch the address. Yeah. It's randomst.com. <laughs> randomist.com. You need a, you have a theme song? No, I mean I've got theme I've got music intro and outro music for the show, but I don't I didn't don't have a particular mm. theme with lyrics yet. I'm working on that. I see. We'll see. Okay. Maybe we'll come up with something. I still got to. I still don't have any, even the website doesn't even have a freaking logo on it. Yet. Mm. <laughs> There's no artwork for iTunes. Like I don't know what to do with it yet. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. You know, Rome so was gotta, not built in a day, sir. I'm building this one on my, on my own. So it's a lot. Well, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I'll figure it out. I got, I got the, I got the minimum viable product up and that's what matters. Right. Now just iterate, iterate, iterate. And if you build it, they say. will come. Hopefully. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The first episode was great. We're actually recording episode two next week. Nice. And that will be out after this one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Before we uh, before we wrap up, one housekeeping note for everybody. I should have done this at the top. Um, in case for those of you who don't really care about this stuff, that's fine. Uh, we are moving our official release days for these episodes to Sunday from Saturday. Uh, most of you probably won't notice because for most of you with who's actually subscribed to the RSS feed, it's dropping on Sundays anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a little more accommodating to our lives than our schedules. Um, mm-hmm. We both have day jobs. Uh, and so it's easier to get the podcast edited and up if we have a whole extra day, i.e. Saturday, yes. to do it in. 
Yes. Uh, editing takes time. That's the most time consuming part of this show other than uh, the actual recording sessions. Yeah. So, and actually takes longer than the recording. So for those, for those of you audio experts out there, you know what I'm talking about. Mm, they can appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, th- so that will be dropping on Sunday, alternating with the randomist podcast available at randomist.com. Mm-hmm. And, and this podcast you can get by going to our website at briantrustpodcast.com. Yeah. Where you can subscribe via iTunes as well. Uh, we have a link to that. Or you can search us out in iTunes or Overcast or any of your favorite podcatchers. Um, find us and, and subscribe. If you do like, if you like the podcast, definitely please rate and review us in iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Yeah. But be nice. Especially in iTunes, because that's how we know we're doing well. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I haven't looked it up in iTunes, so I don't know if we've actually gotten any reviews or I, ratings. I I'm guessing the, not, I, and that's okay. I looked that's the other okay, day, you know? no reviews. That's good. That's okay. All right, any ratings? Mm, I don't think we had any ratings either. Okay. Or there may not be enough ratings for like a critical mass. Like Apple, normally they, they wait until there's like X number of ratings to actually post something. Because they, they even say we haven't had enough votes to to determine a rating yet. So right, right. that's fair. So go on there. Let people know. Hopefully it's five stars. If not, that's OK. Yeah, you know, okay. be uh, be be generous, but be fair. Yeah, that's that's how we say that. You know, um, I could obsess over how to make the podcast better to serve the audience, but I'm not a panderer. Uh, hmm. You find foxy people out there, but <laughs> it's. <laughs> So, no, you can find us on briantrustpodcast.com. The podcast is on Twitter, at briantrustpodcast. Uh, individually, I am on Twitter at actorgeek. Mm-hmm. I'm there, and, too, at bselke, B-S-E-L-K-E. Yes. We also have the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash thebriantrust. Yeah. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. The, pod, the Twitter what? handle is at thebriantrust. Is it? If I remember, is it? Or wait, no, it is Brian Trust Podcast. Oh my god! What? Come on! I can't. Man. Even, I can't remember my own freaking Twitter feed. Well, you got so many of them now. I know it's crazy because I got one for Randomist too at Randomist Podcast. Wow! Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, it's all consistent. It's uh, Brian Trust Podcast the- at Brian Trust Podcast and BrianTrustPodcast.com and Facebook slash Brian. Trust podcast. Well, it's the Brian Trust. Is no, it? I think it's it's it sure? is. Yeah, it's at yeah, it's the Brian Trust. Oh, we need to change that on Facebook. Let me see if I can find where the hell. Uh, you know, I should have this. I really should have this stuff down. You know, I feel bad. I have. I'm failing the listeners. No, it is at the Brian Trust. Is it? It is at the Brian Trust. Okay, yeah. good. Yay! At the Brian Trust. There we go. At the Brian. Well, I'm glad we settled yeah. that. Yes, the other podcast is at Randomist Podcast. That's at Randomist Podcast. I couldn't get Randomist. Somebody, some guy named Steve actually has that. Steve? So, yeah, it's Random ST. I don't know what he does uh, specifically for that, but what? he's got it. Some guy named Steve. I didn't dig any deeper because it wasn't available, but I got Randomist.com. So suck it, Steve. Ah. Dear Steve, um, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go out. He's cyber squatting on my Twitter handle. What? No, a I don't. Jerk. I don't care because nah, it's, he's probably a nice guy. I don't know who's actually subscribed to this podcast. It's a randomist yet. Nobody because we don't have a Twitter. We don't have a feed up. But we will at randomist.com. Soon. Uh, yes. 
soon. real soon. Not and not like Buckaroo Bonsai real soon, like actually real soon. Real soon. Yes. So probably <laughs> considering this episode's dropping two days after we record this, yeah, I think it's on <laughs> Sunday, two or three days, three days. Yes, that's right. On Sundays because that is now the going forward. That is the official release date of the Brian Trust. And it could be eleven fifty nine p.m. on Sunday, but by golly, Sunday it's coming no, it out. won't be because I'm not that tired. <laughs> I, I will. Yeah, but you're. I dedicated. will drop it. It'll usually go before the sun. Well, it's eleven fifty nine somewhere all the time. Right, but, but you are you, sir, are dedicated, and you. It is true. You're good. You, you, you're good. What's the matter? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought there was somebody behind me uh, that you were talking to. Oh, I see. Uh, no, you. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for wasting another perfectly good batch of your life with us. Yep. We appreciate uh, Please it. come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Mark Bouchon, Yeah.